Good to have you here on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. So much to get to here on 3 and Out. Glad you're making us a part of your day. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. You can also catch us streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at ESPNCoastal.com. And, of course, all across the radio network. Glad to have you along here on this Thursday. So much to get to from looking at the National Football League as everybody moves now, Ben, into the post-draft phase of the National Football League, and the Falcons making some moves post-draft. We'll get to that coming up in in just a little bit. And just kind of the thinking of the Falcons in that front office uh, in general. But also in the news, certainly NIL uh, is back in the forefront. Uh, ben, we'll get to, uh, you know, Jordan Addison at Pitt. Could he be going to USC? Could he be going to Alabama? Could he be moving once he got his NIL arranged? So that's been kind of one of those things where, uh, we've seen NIL come into play. But I want to get to, into the discussion there, Ben, of NIL. And I know a lot of average fans are sitting back. I think there's a bunch of camps here. And I know people like to pigeonhole people on, on NIL and say, oh, you just don't want players getting paid. Now, I don't think if anybody has problems with players getting paid. I think they don't want it to be fraudulent. Uh, I think they don't want it to be uh, uh, in any way. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, ben, we talked about it uh, pre-show. What, um, tampering? Tampering, yes. Tampering with you know, i.e., if I'm a fan of Georgia, I don't want Clemson tampering with my players saying, well, we can give you, if they're giving you $500,000, we can give you $510,000. Just put your name in a transfer portal and come on over. I think that's what people don't want. Greg Sankey, George Klyavkoff, uh, Pac-12 commissioner. Greg Sankey, of course, with the SEC, apparently meeting with Congress to discuss federal legislation to regulate NIL. And Greg Sankey going as far as quoted as saying, I think we're going to get federal uh, regulation on that. And I, I know when it comes to college sports, a lot of times, uh, Ben, people say, and I have said the same thing many times, like, all right, there's probably bigger things for Congress to be worrying about than name image likeness rules for, for college athletes. My, my retort to that would be, what the hell is the NCAA doing? I thought that was their job, is to regulate uh, this kind of stuff. Uh, but they're going to the federal level on this, Ben. What's kind of your thought when you see commissioners of two Power Five conferences? Greg Sankey may be the most powerful guy in college athletics. Yes, more powerful than the NCAA, I think. What does that say to you? They're going to the federal government to try to figure this out. It's a cop-out. It's everything you just said, Kevin. So let me get this straight. Right? <clears throat> we, uh, you know, here I am, Greg Sankey. The most powerful man in college football because of the conference of the commissioner that I'm over. I can tell you, I can answer any question about the 14 teams that I'm over. I, I look forward to talking soon about to be 16. Soon by to the be way, 16 teams that I'm over. Who's your favorite team, Greg Sankey? I have 14 of them. About to be 16 of them. Greg Sankey, tell us, tell us about NIL. Uh, I have a problem with that. The reason why I have a huge problem with that because Kevin, whenever you're talking about, whenever you're talking about, you know, uh, you know. Quote, you know, federal legislation. These are people who are far removed, probably know nothing about what they're about to make legislation for. And to me, that's dangerous. That would be like me, a person who loves baseball, but do I know all the rules? No. But I'm over the, but I'm the I'm the rules, I'm over the rules committee. And I'm saying, and I'm saying things like, yeah, Benny just hit for the cycle. Wait, what? That's dangerous. What's dangerous about anything about a person? So you're gonna let me make rules about my sport, and you know nothing about my sport. And I think that's, what, that's what's scary about it, because this is the thing. They know about money and tax dollars a and all that. I mean, that, now, that's now, what, now, but, now, 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 could it, could, it, could it be something to where 
It's something built down to where, yeah, if these young people start making money, they got to understand about Uncle Sam. They got to understand about the end. I can, but what it's going to do is, now, do it, do, should it be tampering? No. But tampering should go both ways, though. Tampering should go with the – because this is because last time I checked, the colleges aren't giving the players anything. They're giving them the scholarships of what they normally give them. This is really to say, so you finna make the people who ain't never had no rules, boosters, alumni, people with deep pockets. You're going to make them listen because – now, Kevin, should there be some level of, you know, oversight? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying that. But, I mean, federal legislation is a little bit different than oversight. That's, that's a little bit different. That's making it to where you got 18 to 24-year-olds who's still trying to figure out life. You know, talking number one, most of these young people don't know they're going to have to pay taxes. <laughs> they think, wait a minute. I'm, They'll find out real quick. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I am not saying that there shouldn't be some level of oversight. I just think that Greg Sank and these guys, when it comes to TV deals, when it comes to networks, when it comes to adding teams, they're good. Oh man, this NIL stuff is crazy. Because once again, we are letting the we are letting the outlier determine the floor. I mean, I, and I know we're going to get to certain players, but NIL. How many people actually got NIL? Well, it depends. Oh. I mean, again, you're seeing it. Said and again, and I'm just throwing it out there because I want to play. Uh, make sure we're fair on this thing. Mm-hmm. BYU. Now, again, I I think this is. Kind of one of those things where in the early stage, I was like, well, this is ingenious. And it actually makes sense because these guys that were BYU grads, they had a nutrition bar, whatever it was, protein bar, whatever whatever it was. They say, hey, everybody, in, they went and talked to BYU. I said, everybody in here is now a brand ambassador for our company. Okay, makes sense. You've partnered with a team, essentially. 85 individuals, but you've partnered with a team, essentially, to promote a product. I think what people are looking at now is, are we, are we, and again, I know you and I have had our discussions about it. Are we talking about college athletics or is this pro football junior? Because, and this is why I say that. Are we now having guys work their own NIL deals and schools or schools say, hey, wink, wink, here's the NIL deal. What are they offering you over here? We'll do that. That's not really what it was started to be. It was, hey, we'd like a few dollars. You're making millions. We'd like a few dollars. And now it seems like, I mean, Texas, Texas A&M, hey, you come here, offensive lineman X, you get $50,000. Don't care what your name is. You play offensive line, you're going to you get, I think people are going to go, it quickly turned into recruiting uh, slush funds, not necessarily I can't make money off myself. Because, again, there's a lot of examples. And so how do you regulate that? How do you allow it to be free and open and allow players to do what they want without allowing it to be corrupted at the same time where you're essentially, I don't, like, hey, here's 50 grand. I don't really care if you do anything. You know, basically what was happening under the table with certain guys now all over college football where it's like, hey, we need an offensive line. We want the best offensive lineman. Don't even, whoever we offer, if they say yes, they're going to get 50 grand. What are we doing? Well, you're going to get 50 grand. We'll figure that part out later. How do you guard against stuff that happens like that where it seems like, not necessarily a player earning money off himself as much as it is, here is position X, and this is how much you're going to get. That sounds like a job, right? That sounds like we're not employees because the colleges have fought really hard to make sure that they aren't employees, right? But what is that? You know, a guaranteed money just to come and play this position? That sounds like a position that needs to be filled with a salary. So how, I mean, how, how do you regulate, how do you, Put all that together where guys are allowed to go do some of this stuff because I think they should be. 
especially the top guys in college football where, uh, you know, when you talk about name, image, likeness, yeah. Should they be selling Stetson Bennett number 13 jerseys in the bookstore? Yes. Should Stetson get a cut of that? Oh, of course he should. But how do we go from there to kind of nebulous 50 grand if you play offensive line here at Texas? No matter if you start your second string, third string, you all get. And I know you're big on everybody benefiting, but uh-huh. I think under true name and image, mm-hmm. not everybody's going to. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, under that. So, I, again, I, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. What, what's your kind of look at it from that angle? You need a commissioner. Like, well, they about, have one. Well, no, no, he's no, no, not no. doing anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you need a, you need a, you need a, you need an NIL commissioner. Like, think about this, Kevin. It's not like think about it. Think about the conferences. SEC don't just run ragged. They just do whatever they want. They got a commissioner. Pac-12 don't just do it. They got a commission. Why do you have then from a commission? You got what? ADs. Then from ADs, you got what? Presidents. You got head coach. You got to have a system in place to be able to say, listen. Let's just call it what it is. You know. The cash cow of college athletics is football and basketball. Sure, all these other sports benefit from the, from the, you know from the, from those teams. Most of the teams are operating in the red. Most teams are not pr- making a profit because so much money goes out. So when people go, I mean, they pack. They better pack those stadiums if you want to keep baseball. If you want to keep lacrosse, because the because ba- the football goes away, that goes away. But I think you have a commissioner. I think you treated Kevin like it what it is. It's a freaking organization. NIL is an organization. Do they got builders yet? Nope, but they need one because most people don't have time for the for the for the ins and outs of anything. You work at a company. What do you? How, how do we keep track of all the ins and outs? It's called HR. That's what they do from the ins and outs of any company. I mean, Greg Sankey, He's the he's Greg Sankey ain't trying to give up that commissioner position at SEC because of what it brings. But if you need it, get a commissioner. Basketball has a commissioner. MLB, if you want to call it. No, ha- no, has a so I think you start you start there because you need a face, right? If something happens with NIL, I need somebody prancing out there and saying commissioner of set to be able to talk about it. Because having having uh having like athletic, I mean having like commissioners of these uh, you know, two of the P five conferences is great, but they nervous. And and this is what they're really saying. I don't really want to have to answer for this stuff. Like I answer for the teams, but I don't want to have to answer for the NIL because NIL is a totally different thing because now I really have to deal with every sport, every individual player. So if I got a commissioner that makes sure that every NIL deal has to go through this, like to get it, I don't care what it is, whether it's negotiated by your parents or by whoever your representation, we got to know what it is. We got to see the prime print. We got to see all of it. And if you're at set school this, like you said, Kevin, and – I think what it does by having a commissioner, it puts things in line. Why does it, why, why does the SEC have a commissioner? Because they need one. I need a face. I need somebody to prance out there and talk about everything. I think you got to treat this the same way because NIL, yes, could it potentially get out of control if it's not already? Yeah, it could. Because now every single athlete thinks they, they're going to make a couple of dollars. But everything I did at the University of Florida, they knew about it. Everything I did. And if they didn't know about it, it's because, well, that's my personal life. I'm not doing anything. But they knew about everything. They knew where I was going to be, when I was going to be there. Why are they doing that? Because I got to control his availability. Well, now they don't know who I'm talking to. Because now they're like, yes. Now, so, you know, I think what happens is you've got to be able to cause think about it, Kevin. The worst thing anybody can do is not be able to account for that money. I don't know where he was at. What? That's not, that's not going to work. Your children are in school. My children are in school. Why? They have a principal. But it's the principles. 
and teachers. Who am I going to? The adults. Hey, man, what happened? What happened with my daughter? It ain't going to be no, I don't know. I'm just a teacher. What? So I think that you got to get a commissioner in place and treat NIL like a, a living, breathing thing. Because if not, you know it's only going to get crazy. Well, I mean, I just I, I look at it, and like I said, I, my whole thing is if there needs to be guidelines and oversight, that's great. Is that not the job of the NCAA? Isn't that what they're there for? And I know we're dealing with yeah, a new yeah. age of student athletes where it's I, I don't think anybody is going to say amateur athlete, but they are still student athletes mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Most of, well, yeah, I'll say most of whom. Uh, are on some sort of scholarship with which they are being given to go to school, right? And so I know baseball, they split them up. Some of the secondary sports, you get into partials and all that kind of stuff. But most athletes at their, uh, are receiving some form of whatever you want to call it, yes. gift, scholarship, yes. whatever, from the school to go there. So they are investing at least a amount of time, energy, and effort into you from from, from that standpoint. I, I, I get it. How do you oversee what happens on the periphery? Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, I mean, again, I mean, that, every, that, that's hard. When I, when I say, when I say listen, you got a commissioner that has an office, with, with, you know, like 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 the SEC headquarters, whatever, NCAA headquarters. But you need to have one set up on every single campus. Like we're adding another division. I mean, Billy Napier got seventy coaches. You telling me if the president of of school X said, "Look, we got an NIL department. Why?" Because we want to make sure our athletes stay here, and we don't want them in a bunch of trouble. Because if they're in trouble, we're in trouble. If they bad, we're bad. Because they're going to go to what they oversee first, former University of Florida, da, 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 before they even get to your name, to give them his whole track record, give them the name at the end. So I do think having an NIL set up, an NIL department set up on campus, but you need a a office, you know, it's like it's like, we all got cell phones. What's well, got to be separate from athletics, obviously, well, and, and, and all that. But, but. And I and I, th- and I think it, I think it can be, Kevin. But at the end of the day, it's like this: if I can't explain something to you, I don't know what it is. Greg Sankey, them they can't explain it to people. Like if I can't, I mean, what in the NIL is kind of like, but what is it? I and until they can break down what is it, because as soon as you tell me what it is, I'm asking another question. Well, what, but but Ben, I think here's the problem we run into with this: is we are used to treating. College sports a certain way, yeah, good, but right or wrong. That yeah. we're looking at, it and say, hey, it's they're there for education. Some of, and again, nobody's naive. Some of whom are there to major in football, baseball, basketball, what have you. Why? Because that is where they're going to take their profession, right? And and again, on some level, I don't even have a problem with that. Hey, you are using that platform to push you to the next platform, which is the National Football League. Well, now you've taken quote unquote amateur athletics and put it in the business world and how do those two themes how do those two things mesh right in terms of we're student athletes you should be able to move right i mean people do that in their jobs hey company a offers me this company b offered me that i went with that people understand it i think when you're looking at it from a sports standpoint and this is where sports is interesting because if you don't have a competitive product mm-hmm. then the sport isn't as good mm-hmm. right if you if you're looking at it and say Okay, if it's truly open market. Yep. Well, let me tell you something. If it's truly open market, we can go ahead and close the book on who's going to be in the college football playoff for the next 20 years because it's going to be the same 5 to 10 schools who, what, have the most uh, alumni and boosters. And again, I'm not saying, but like, if you say, well, it's the free market. Yeah, and what free market, if you're talking about boosting fans, would have Vanderbilt, or a better example, we'd be like a Wake Forest, who's got like 3,000, 4,000 uh, undergraduates, which means they're pumping out about, what, 
1,100 graduates a year, whereas Georgia's probably going to have what? Eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 at least uh, a, a year pumping out as graduates who then could turn around and pump into the program. and all that. Like, that is a competitive advantage, and I really feel like with sports, you want the free market, but you also want a competitive product, i.e., if I'm Major League Baseball, I want the free market. I want my players making money, but I also want to make sure the Pirates are trying just as hard as the Yankees yes. are. I want to make, you know, so that the what you're putting out there is actually good. And it's not, uh, so I think that's what these commissioners are balancing. How do we do what's right by our student-athletes versus maintaining a cat? Because, again, if, if, the, if it devolves into this, and don't think, like, if it's open market and free, there's a lot of people who love college football. It's like, I like, I, let's just say, hey, I'm a Michigan fan. I love Michigan. I went to school there, blah, blah, blah. Well, if Michigan no longer is able to compete financially, what am I doing? I might as well watch pro sports, right? If it's just one of those things where it's like, I, what, are, what are you doing? And so I, I think, do you run the risk of looking at a sport like college football where there's a lot more teams in a professional league and say, it's, if three or four teams are holding all the cards, how do we have a good product? You know, how, how, how do you have a good product of college athletics when it's non-competitive most weekends? Because you know, if most of the players are getting NIL one school, where do you think all the players are going to go? So that's just my kind of thought. I, I'll tie it in. There's a Jordan Addison story. I want to get to that, uh, Ben, and we'll get your thoughts on that. Love to hear from you at Pigskin Radio, streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. Good to have you back here. Three and out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. We'll look at the Falcons now post-draft after they uh, moved here into the uh, the post-draft era. Some things that they've done to help bolster their roster. What does that mean for the Falcons there moving forward? We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But, Ben, I mentioned Jordan Addison, Pitt wide receiver. Played for the ACC championship. Won the ACC championship last year. Might be the best wide receiver coming back preseason here in college football. Obviously on a team that was good. They won the ACC, right? I think had an outside shot uh, of being a playoff team. Very outside shot. Didn't finish it off, but a good team. They lost to Western Michigan. All right. Did they win? Did they win the ACC? Did they win the? Okay, whatever, Christian. I, let me make my point. Let me make my point. There's a lot of people that lost to Western Michigan. No, they're not. <laughs> uh, anyways, that. <laughs> Kevin's being real solid all of a sudden. Hey, get out. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Anyway, I don't even know what I was trying to say now at this point. Anyway, uh, Jordan Addison yes. at Pitt. Reportedly, in oh, he's in the transfer portal now, but reportedly before that had been talking about transferring to USC, working out a uh, name image likeness deal, and a lot of people saying you know, Alabama could be in the mix uh, for him as well. But a lot of people saying, look, he was setting up an NIL deal before he ever got in the transfer portal to get to Southern Cal is this kind of a tampering situation where teams are working in NIL deals before guys even decide they want to leave, i.e. go to another school. Of course. Of course. But hold on. Okay, we, we, have, to, we have to look at this for what it is, though, right? Name, image, like NIL. Name, image. It should be name, in, image, and leverage. Because <laughs> depending on who your name and your image is, you got leverage that's attached to it. Jordan Addison. He's not, and I, and I mean this respectfully, he's not just another receiver. He wanted to blitz Nikov. So he was considered the best receiver in 2021 as far as, like, you know, college football. Now, Kevin, you know just like I know. This, this young man went to Pitt. When was the last time a Pitt Panther went to USC? That would be never. They don't. USC but, guy went to Pitt. 
Keaton Slovis. Yeah, he went the other way. Yeah, yeah, but 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 I but I will I will say when you think about the Jordan with the Jordan Addison, there's going to be a time in his life that he might not have what he has now, and that's leverage. He's using the leverage that he has. All right, let's go back, Kevin. When you was in college, Kevin, you loved the college you was at, but all of a sudden, you know, a a school X just just listen that school X hops into your DMs. They say, "What's up, Kevin? What's up, man? I love being here." Cha-ching. Well. Because when the people saying, oh, he shouldn't have, most of most people will not be in a position, right, to be, you know, recruited the way this young man is being recruited again for his services. Now, I get it. This is both the good and bad part of NIL. The good part is this name is Emma Lightning, something I told you, Kevin. Did your brand elevate once you got with the brand? Jordan did. He said, I'm going to elevate this brand. My, co- my, my quarterback that threw to me was the only – uh, first round pick at quarterback in the 22. That helps me. We won the ACC. That may never happen again. And I won the Blitnikoff. I am using my leverage. Now, if Jordan Addison just went to pit and he is not, because let's, and he didn't win, this stuff doesn't matter. So I will say that the Jordan Addison situation is the exception again. We are talking about the exception. What about the other, what about the other pit receivers? What about them? There are pit receivers that go to pit that can't get an NIL in pit. They can't get an NIL there. So I I, I understand too. Oh, here's another thought. Caleb Williams, you know, used to be at uh, Oklahoma. Now he's at USC following Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley was under a new contract, a nice one too, to coach at Oklahoma. Nope, I went to USC. So this is what the tampering really is, Kevin. Caleb Williams. Just say I'm old Lincoln Riley, and I just happen to walk. I see Caleb, uh, you know, in the locker room, and I just say, man, that Jordan Addison kid is good, man. And if we had a kid like that, man, oh, my God. And I keep walking. And then I, and somebody go, you think you think Caleb heard me? He heard you. Caleb no Addison? He ain't no Jordan. They know each other? Yeah. So all of a sudden, Caleb gets in the DMs. What's up, Jordan, man? Do you really want to be a pit? Hey, boy, I got you. You want to get the rock? We got you. And next thing you know, Kevin, he goes, what you mean? And then Caleb goes, hold on. He goes to the NIL people at USC and say, hey, man, I think Jordan <laughs> going to transfer to USC. I think Jordan going to transfer. So you know it's going to be a, 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 a not so pleasant. Not pleasant if you, if you uh, what's the head coach of uh, Pitt? Coach Art? Narduzzi. Narduzzi. Pat Narduzzi. So Coach yeah. Narduzzi don't like it. Just like, just like. Um, Nick Saban didn't like it when Texas A&M was the number one recruiting class. You know who you know who uh you know who Jordan Addison was um throwing the rock with yesterday? That would be Bryce Young, Alabama. <laughs> All I'm saying is, Kevin, name a time in life that if you weren't the best at something, that you weren't getting courted by other people. That just happens. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying that is life. Joe Buck. Uh, Greg, I mean, I mean, Al Michaels and them, why they leaving? That cheese got them up out there. <laughs> and, and nobody said a word. Don't, don't. Kevin, once again, Kevin, KT Blazer, love VSU, boom. Out of town, I get it. But, Kevin, if the money's coming at you, how much harder is it to make a decision to stay where you I understand at? that. I, understand, I guess the point would be under my that scenario, say, hey, I'm at Valdosta State and – I'm a current player. If I'm on the coaching staff, I say, okay, why, I got another 
team contacted my guy about name, image, likeness down the road. It's like, now, hold, should hold, that be allowed? Now, hold, to, hold, should hold, that now, be allowed now, to now, happen? Again, me, me and Christian was talking about this in the break. That's why you need an NIL on campus. They don't nego- listen. They don't negotiate deals. But Kevin, if you at Pitt, right? USC got to explain themselves. So hold on for a second. I read this young man's bio. It says all I ever wanted to be was a Pitt Panther. <laughs> now, I'm, no, I'm just saying. No, I'm not, yeah. but, but, but what I'm saying is, Kevin, if you are the head coach of Pitt, I need to know how this really happened. Because in a sense, right, every time every time we follow the breadcrumbs, we realize, dude, this is what happened. If it's happening with Jordan, it's going to happen somewhere else. And in a sense, you're right. If you're the head coach of Pitt, I need to know why my guy's really leaving. Like, like, in a sense, I know why he's leaving. I want to know. And was he leaving before he even exactly. got in the transfer portal? Yeah. Thought, why he leave when he had Kenny? Why he why he leave why he leave in 2020? This thing has been out with like a year and some change. You deserve an explanation if you are the head coach of Pitt. You do. Now, doesn't mean you're gonna keep him. Or you go, here's another thing. I mean, it could get to this point, Kevin. I hope it doesn't. Hey Jordan, yeah. How'd you end up at USC? Huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. We want to know because I think what happens is this. Let's not let's listen. NIL from a player standpoint is our perception and dollars. NIL from a from a NIL like like a like a like a person that's that's running this thing. It's all manipulation. Oh, I can manipulate these dudes, these young boys. So USC go, we want them. So I will say it's a lot of things going on. You're going to the highest bidder, but if Lincoln Riley was at Pitt and Coach Narduzzi was at USC, you don't think Lincoln Riley would want an explanation? He deserves an explanation. He probably won't get He's it. not going to get probably one. Now, but. Get it. but yeah, Kevin, it, Jordan Addison is an outlier, though. I mean, but you know what? But let me tell you something. Whoever going to win the Blitnikoff this year, you might want to watch him. Because <laughs> uh, if he, if he, unless he ain't, unless he ain't going to the draft, I mean, Kevin, think about. I'm, I'm trying to tell you at the, at the end of the day, setting up a deal Larry before Fitz, the season's out, over. If it was out when Larry Fitzgerald was at Pitt, you think he stays at Pitt? That's what I'm saying. Like these great De- Darrell Reeves, you think he stays? So all I'm saying is, Pitt, y'all might want to get on this nil. I'm train, just saying, how, how do you? You know, I'm not. I'm listen. I am. I am. I am in favor of players getting their money. I am, but I'm not in favor of players being manipulated to get it. I am not, because at the end of the day, Jordan. You know, right now you're going to you going you know you going to USC or wherever you're going, and, and you have that right. But the question is, if NIL is not in place and you want to Blitnikoff, are you ready to come back this year and pit and rip it up again? So that's 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 all I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with you going to USC. But at the end of the day, if you are, you are going to USC because the dollars are the greatest, cool. So I, it's, it's a slippery slope, yeah. but, uh, you know. We've got more to come. We'll talk more about NIL coming up later in the show. When we come back, we're talking to Falcons football. Falcons now post-draft. What does this roster look like? Are they giving us a blueprint of what they might look like moving forward? We'll talk about it next. Here's Three and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, Kevin and Ben. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Falcons now post-draft. Got Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Auden Tate at the, uh, the pass catcher's bin. I know Falcons put out, put out the... Uh, Put out a, a a graphic. Say, hey, we got some big targets. Six five, six four, six five, going for size at the receiver spot. I'm not saying they're slow. Nobody in the, the National Football League is really slow, but relatively. 
can't the size win as well as speed does in the National Football League. Obviously, the Falcons have given us a pseudo blueprint. We want to get bigger and more physical on the outside. They feel like they do that with Auden Tate and certainly with uh, with Drake London as their wide receiver. Are they wanting to get this big and physical win over fast in the National Football League? It depends on the position. At the wide receiver position, I would say no because it's not consistent enough. Or do you do you you got a DK Metcalf? You know, you got a Mike Evans, right? Uh, at one point, you had a Julio Jones. Um, you had a Brandon Marshall. You had a Plexico Burris, right? But most of the time, Kevin, those guys win. But they they are one of three. It's like I got to have variety. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they have variety. You had Travis Kelsey. That's your big guy, right? You had Tyreek Hill. That's going to get super-duper fast guy. Then you have Miko Harmon, another fast guy. And I think what happens is, right, what I lack, listen, what I lack, uh, you know, in ability, I can make up with certain things. Name a time that speed doesn't kill in anything, in, in, in any sport, that requires you to move your – I ain't talking about golf, people. Sure. But I'm just saying, you like baseball. Ronald Cooney Jr. the other day ran out – ran, you know, he uh, he got – you know, he got uh, – Got a, got a hit on the, on the should have been a routine ground out. That's me. Right? Most people, you can't coach that. Now, we start saying we're going to get big, big and physical. In the NFL, where everybody's big and physical? Like, everybody. That's what I'm saying. I mean, does that, I, does that ultimately win out where even the DBs are big and physical? So, for the, you know, by and large, can you be big and physical? Because everybody said, like, we always joke. No coach takes the job and goes, hey, we want to be soft and, uh, and light on our feet. You know, everybody says we want to be we want to be physical and get after. Well, everybody is in the National Football yeah. League. I know you can say some, maybe more than others, but just big and physical on the outside win you football games. It, it can, it can, but once again, can it win you consistently? Like it, it can win you some games. If you're all in on that, okay. Because now, Kevin, it comes down to this. All right, we know we're going to be big. We know we're going to be physical. Can we play the game? Because big and physical. DK Metcalf, he's probably the biggest, most physical receiver in the league right now. Where he, where his production also matches that. Because Kevin, what's going to start happening is this: sometimes you don't want to look how you look if your game doesn't translate. Like when you say big and physical, Calvin Johnson was big and Calvin Johnson was physical. He was also fast, right? And 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 to me, I don't like it when when uh, teams do declarations like before the season. We're gonna get big. We're gonna get physical. What about fast, coach? Well, like <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Because this is the thing, Kevin. Cornerbacks ain't five ten no more. Sauce Gardner six three. Jalen Ramsey six one six two. So when you're saying big and physical, are you trying to match what you're going up against, or are you just trying to say that's what you're gonna be? Because the thing about Jalen is, most receivers go out there and go, what? Like yeah, uh, it's like that. Now, I get it. Jalen ain't 6'4", but how many guys are getting open on him? I like Alton Tate. Alton Tate, signed, I think, signed a one-year deal, right? Kyle Pitts, going into his second year, never scored a touchdown in the States outside of, outside of the Pro Bowl, right? Cordell Patterson, is he going to just play receiver? I get that part. You know, Drake London, he did it in the Pac-12. All I'm saying is the proven production is going to have to be game in and game out because, Kevin, think about this. This is your best option. The guy you're talking about all the time, you're talking about Drake London. Yeah. And I think what happens is I'm not saying that it can't work. I'm You've elected saying, to play that way. That's now, why I'm now, asking. Now, I will say this. You're ushering in a new wave when you talk about the fact that, all right, uh, 
I was talking to my old position coach, uh, you know, a, a month, you know, month or so ago. Tyke told me to coach me uh, when I was in Florida. My tight end coach, he told me being now four four slow at receiver. What? Four four slow. I'm like, well, what if they can't even run that? Like, cause I don't, cause the one thing they didn't show us with Drake London, cause he was hurt. We don't know how fast he is. They drafted him off what what they saw on tape and pack in the pack. So I'm listen. Let me say this. I am not saying it cannot work. I am not saying that. But for every big receiver, you got little guys around him. Like, you notice you don't see a bunch of big guys together? I mean, uh, DK Metcalf run out and Tyler Lockett run out behind him, and they play the same position, right? Julio used to run out. Roddy came behind him, and they go Harry Douglas. 6'3", six, 6'2", six, six feet. I need – now, if I'm going 0'6'5", oh, 0'6'5", six, 0'6'6", six, oh, six, six, oh, six, and the only one getting open went number eight. Well, he got open last year for 1,000 yards. Problem is – that scoreboard ain't changing. I think this is about Kevin scoring points because the one thing that, that Atlanta has struggled with the last couple of years, either under Matt Ryan, is scoring points in the red zone. Scoring points in the red zone. Now, does that favor you in the red zone? Yes. I mean, because now, now 50-50 balls matter. Throwing it up to these guys matter. So I think it can work, but you know, just like I know, Kevin, it's third and six. You got to run a route to get open. Is your pure size going to be enough to get you that seven yards, that 10 yards? It can work. I'm not saying it can't work because what's, what's going to happen is I think we do get enamored with these uh, big body receivers, but if you're a big body that can't get open, you just a big I mean, body. That's what I guess that was my point. And, and I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not faulting the Falcons. This is the style they've elected to go with, and that's what they want to do. You have a bunch of tall guys, guys who you obviously are, are touting as catch radius guys, guys who have big you know, wingspans and can be physical uh, at, you know, at the point of attack. But you look, as rightfully so, you look at the guys who kind of make those plays, those lighting plays, they are shorter, faster guys who can move in space. Can, if you're the Falcons, can you win just saying we're going to be all out physical? We want a big running back. We want a big offensive line. We want big receivers. We want to be the most you know, physically dominating team on Sunday, which is one thing to say. It's another thing to pull that off every week. That was kind of my philosophy. It's like, if you're going to go big, and I, I think you drew a better parallel a minute ago where you're like, hey, you can have a, a big and physical wide receiver, but you want that maybe smaller and fast, yes. good route runner to compliment. And it doesn't seem like the Falcons necessarily are going that route. It's like, we're going to be bigger and taller than you at every position, and we're going to out big and, and physical you. Can you do that? 17 weeks in the National Football League. This, 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 I, I, this, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Autumn Tate, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, right? True enough, he played for Cincinnati. I get it. He was a complimentary piece. He doesn't have he doesn't have 1,000 yards receiving in four years. He's going to – now this is year five. He needs to be a headliner. D.K. Metcalf in that same draft has 216 catches, 3,170 yards, 29 touchdowns. Similar size, similar build. And this is what it really is, though. Kevin – it's what they're not saying. Big and physical. You know what that sounds like? We're not athletic. That that that's what that sounds like. Because if I'm big, I I I want that to be added on to what I am. He's skilled, he's quick, he's elusive, and he's big. Because Kevin, you know what but happens this. But, but that's like Calvin Johnson. And the, like those, those well, don't just happen in every Well, draft. I will say this. Let me say this, right? Julio Jones. Calvin Johnson, they are the outliers. But even if, but guess what outliers are in the NFL? They are also they are also the standard. I'm looking for that. Meaning, meaning, hey man, like, because what happened is he kind of looked like Calvin Johnson, right? Yeah, if you squint your eyes, like really squint them and turn your head to the right. <laughs> I, I just I just think that too, though, Kevin. This think about this though. You going to see Atlanta. 
You don't know the game plan. You walk up, you go, whoo, the boy's big out there. You're like, all right, so you you won that. You see it. But if they're not getting open, you're thinking, but they can't get open, though. Like, right now, you set the narrative in the offseason. This is what we're doing. We look like the Hawks walking in there. Big, tall, long, lean. All right. Now when we get the training camp, because Kevin, nobody's going to have a bigger spot in the training camp than Jim Arthur Smith. He didn't even play the starters last year. I don't think he has that luxury this year. But once again. Well, I mean, I think you could make a case that it backfired on him uh, because well, really, the first couple of weeks they were just it, it terrible. It really, really was. And I, and I will say this. All right. Can you guys compliment each other? Cal, I mean, uh, Kyle Pitts going to get a lot of attention. Cordell Patterson is that Swiss Army knife. Alden Tate, I mean, he, you listen, this is your fifth year league. You've never been a headliner. Drake London, you're, you're a rookie. Somebody's going to – I think Kyle Pitts is going to kind of lead the way, but can those guys on the outside win consistently? Because at a certain point, who's going to be your number one? Is it going to be on Tate or is it going to be Drake London? They're going to have to decide which one guy is going to get five, the other guy's trying to learn. And it's much easier for Alden Tate to kind of like, you know, uh, mentor, if that's a word, you know, to – We'll get into that, yeah. I got a guy like Drake London. But, look, I, I like narratives. Like – what they're saying to the team individually or collectively, they're saying to us, listen, fellas, we're getting big, we're getting strong. Because what happens is they're going to they gonna, they gonna go to minicamp, they're going to say, this is what we got. Yeah, man. Well, you were last in running the football, so you weren't big and strong now, in a lot I of cases. Now, I will say yeah. this. If you're going to be adamant on, you know, making a point to run the football, if you can't run it with this lineup, like offense line is one thing, but we big on the outside, boom. If we can't run with this lineup, it, Kevin, it's going to get ugly because – one thing I can say is this. If we playing basketball, right, and I'm just naturally talking to you, you leaning on me for like four quarters, like, dude, I, I got to deal with this dude. I'm taking energy from you, just what you have to give on defense. Hopefully that works. Because if I'm down low and you blocking my shot, I say, get that jug out of here. <laughs> uh, it did it, 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 it don't really matter, right? So hopefully we look and play the same because you know what I'm like. I mean, the thing about uh, Atlanta is, man, we get these monikers, uh, you know, rise up and all this other stuff. And when we don't. Defend the dome. <laughs> all yeah. I'm saying is Marcus Mariota get, a, get, get some big targets to throw to. And I do think him uh, being a dual threat quarterback helps everybody, uh, yes. you know, in that mode. They're ready to defend the dome. We'll, okay. get to, we'll get to more of what the Falcons have done now post-draft. Uh, obviously a, a nice little uh, re-upping for Grady Jarrett. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. This is 3 and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Yeah, good to have you back here on Three and Out, Ben's coaxing bag study habits out of my my young son. Thank you, Ben. I am not. You ever heard asking like whose paper he copies no, off no, no, of? Hold on. Come on, no, no, stop, stop. No, no, it was a joke. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm messing with the little one. Listen, the offsprings are y'all are the best part of us. But I'm just saying, at the end of the day, Brad, I'm, I'm gonna leave you alone because. You, because no, no, no. The, re, well, the reason why I'm leave you alone is because you know I don't want you to get to the house and then all your like you know game privileges are taken away. Cause see, no, no. All I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is enjoy being young and certain things. Listen, just say no comment, no comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parenting advice tip from Ben. This is how it goes. So I, we're, we're doing the sports talk show, and I'm like, did you just tell my kid to cheat on her favorite? No. No, I know it's all in good fun. Oh, yes, this is all fun. And No, this is the answer. When I ask you, if, if I ask you as again, as you get older, I said, man, who paper you cheat off of? The answer is they cheat off me. That's it. See? 
Even if that's not true, because a lot of people used to say that. I said, well, they cheating off you, but they don't be struggling. Really, Ben's just trying to coax out the uh, inner school uh, who likes who uh, there no, in, know, in elementary school. Got to come back. <laughs> we'll come back. <laughs> Hour two next. Thank goodness. Good to have you back here. Hour two. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. We'll look at the Falcons uh, coming up. We'll also look at who wants to be a mentor and who doesn't. <laughs> In uh, in the National Football League. So we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. So uh, glad you are with us here on this Thursday. It's 4 o'clock. Let us take three here on 3 and Out. All right, Ben, take one. Given a lot of, uh, a lot of thought uh, around Major League Baseball about the bad calls at the plate by the home plate umpires last few days. Are you ready for robot umps in Major League Baseball? Yes, yes, and no. Yes, I am ready for them. But I think I think on the trial period, because Kevin, the thing is, is I mean, umps, umps are as big a part of the game, uh, you know, than, than, than the players are, and I get it. Uh, the umps have kind of been under a lot of scrutiny because while we can criticize them as the viewing public, you cannot criticize them as the players, and the, you know, obviously the managers and the presidents and the GMs and so so on. But I don't want to I don't want to start making technology do things that we humans <laughs> can can do. I mean, Kevin, the thing about it is this, because this is the thing. While it's not a perfect science, what's going to happen when the ump, I mean, when the, when the robot ump blows it? Because <laughs> Well, no, they shouldn't, but yes. Well, 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 think about this for a second. Kevin, you know, what's what, technology? What do we have every day? Phones, they malfunction. I don't even want to talk about the cause. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to get into that. Everything we do have, everything that, that is man-made technology-wise malfunctions. Now, I get it. You want to be able to give the best calls. You know, uh, you know, possible, but robot umps. I mean, let's 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 uh, let's do a trial and error first. Because well, they are doing it in the minor leagues. They do have some in some levels of the minor leagues. They have uh, automated strikes. zone where basically, there you still have blue behind the plate, but he'll get a ball or strike call in his head in a headpiece, and that's how he determines ball or strike. And, 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 and what's and, and, I mean? And, and are they are they fastball proof? I mean, one of, these, <laughs> one of these bad boys get away from one of these pitches, and wham! And then it's sitting there. You know, and the robot. No, no, it's not behind the plate. No, it's there's some kind of uh, device they have set up that can automate the strike zone, and it's, it's not necessarily like you know C three PO back here called oh, okay, ball strike. Okay, well, so that, it's that, like yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking but that's I'm basically like, what they. Call, I'm thinking like batteries. I'm thinking like batteries not included to, to part two. No, or no, something. they basically call it, it's just a, an automated strike zone where you know there's a like you see on TV, and the pitch comes, and the umpire's still behind the plate, and he'll get a. Ball or strike call in the little headpiece, like ball. All right, it's a ball. Oh, and so, oh, so, they ta- so they're taking the thinking out of it for the ump. Pretty much. I guess you're there to call safer out of home and some things like that. To me, I, I I understand that we get mad. And do I think umpires miss calls? Yes, I think they absolutely do. But I don't want to go as far as the automated strike zone. Yes. And robot. Here's why. Human element happens. We have instant replay for plays. Uh, now, in the NFL, I think most people don't understand when you're back there and a guy's throwing a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and you have to call a strike uh, over an 11-inch plate, uh, you know, five feet out in front of you or four feet out in front of you, sometimes you're going to miss some. I get it. I'm not saying the umpire shouldn't be graded. Heck, there's a Twitter account dedicated to this sort of thing. There is a Twitter account called Umpire Scorecard, and they, every single game that happens in Major League Baseball – they put a tweet out and said, here's last night's umpire scorecard from the guy behind the plate of this game. And I'll even tell you the calls he missed and things like that. 
So do I think you should have that? Absolutely. Because now we know who's good and who's consistent and who's, who's not. Do I think giving pitches off the plate at times are a good thing? Sure. Look, you want to generate more offense, what do you have to do? Generate more swings. Get guys swinging at the baseball. Here's, here's kind of my thing. I don't mind if you're giving guys a little bit off the plate, but it's got to be consistent. Right? It can't be, well, I'm going to give low, and I'm going to give high, and I'm going to give this. Like, as a batter, all I want to know is when I step in the batter's box, I have some kind of clue as to what you're about to call a strike and what you're calling a ball. Right? We all have a pretty good idea of what it is. If it's determined that, hey, you're giving me a ball off the plate a little bit or Major League Baseball a little bit on the outside corner, if you call that consistently all day long, I don't have a problem with it. Right? As long as you are consistent right there, boom, 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 same pitch and a strike. What you can't have is like what happened with Angel Hernandez where balls are going over the plate and you're not calling them a strike. Those are what, and then you call balls that are even farther out, a strike instead of a ball. That's when guys are going, I have no, you have no clue what your strike zone is. I have no clue what your strike zone is. How am I supposed to operate up here when we don't even know what you're going to call a strike or ball? I, I get guys frustrated with that. I don't want to see the robot umps. I just want to work towards consistency of the calls. And I do think umpires should be graded. And, I, again, I, we got somebody doing it on the side, apparently, uh, on Twitter every night. So why not put that out there? I mean, heck, we've gone so far, We again, in sports, Ben, where we like to protect umpires and officials. I, and on some level, I think we should. But we've gone so far as to now in sports, we, we have, you know, college football, the Sunday afternoon, Monday morning apology. I'm sorry we cost you a touchdown on Saturday. We really shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. You would have won the game, but that was our bad. Well, we, we got to do a little bit better than that. Grade your officials. And, and say, look. Well, now that, hold on, hold on. But, but now that you say it like that, like, because this is the thing. I will say this. Who's on the most screen in the game? It's the umps. It's the refs. I, I get that part. But, Kevin, like like I say, nothing bothers you more. You're watching the game, and you go, that's a ball strike. You're like, what? It's like you start saying, wait a minute. Because I'm like, wait a minute. Now, I'm looking from, you know, my home. And I'm I think look- that's made umpires of us all because we get that little, you know, box. And obviously the guys <laughs> in real life don't have a little white box that they're looking at while they're calling. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But no, no, no. But, but like you said, the report card of the umps. And kind of seeing, hey, listen, um, you calling, you know, you calling more, you know, balls on strikes than the than the actual, you know, uh, robot ump is. And 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 some look, everybody. I'm not saying that umps don't have to answer to somebody, but that's behind closed doors. We don't see it now. We got to get to see it in, in real time because that robot. Like, look, I'm programmed to do this. I'm not. I don't move. I don't adjust. That's what it is. So maybe that that might be a good thing. But as long as it's in moderation right now, I mean, I think at the end of the day. You know, I, I enjoy the human element more than anything else. I, I can appreciate the human element. Does it drive you crazy? Yes, yes. but I think that's some of the intrigue of it all. But I, I, I just strive for consistency uh, with the calls there. All right, take two. Ben, were you surprised, given the unloading of contracts uh, that the Falcons did, the trading of Matt Ryan, trying to free up salary cap space, and so much space heading into next year that the Falcons went ahead and re-upped Grady Jarrett to a longer deal? I do not. And uh, I, I got to say this about Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett has been a you know has been a mainstay, uh, Kevin, since he's gotten there. Kind of, kind of similar, not not the, not the same uh, impact as a Matty Ice, but been very very consistent on a on a on a defense that hasn't given him a lot of help. I mean, Deion Jones hasn't really given him a lot of help. I mean, you talk about guys like Dante Fowler Jr. that's been there hasn't given him a lot of help. And the thing about Grady Jarrett, he just goes about his business. An undersized defensive tackle that's been going about his business. And sometimes Kevin, it's a it's a in a pre look. 
Let me tell y'all something, people. How do you appreciate somebody? Give him some cheese. Like, they, they showing him a level <laughs> of appreciation. And they're going into the future with him. Most guys, when they start getting close to the 30, uh, they, they, they start moving on from him. And, Kevin, I, I just found this out. I mean, maybe you probably been through this. Jesse Tuckle, Grady Jarrett is Jesse Tuckle's kid? Yes. Jesse Tuckle, Grady Jarrett is his son. If I'm reading this right, I, I I could be wrong. It says here. Hold on, because I mean I'm sitting here. Wait, what is this? So I, I I'm I'm not saying it's incorrect, but I feel like that would have been more widely known knowledge. Uh, maybe it is. I just I mean I, when I when I listen listen when I when I when I am sitting here, Jesse Tucker, who also went to listen. Yeah, I, you went to I, 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 State. I, I went, yeah. Listen, no, I went to the I went to the person. It says it says under Grady Jerry, his father, Jesse Tuggle, played in the NFL. Grady Jerry's dad is Jesse Tuggle. I am looking where, at this. Where, where? Is that the Falcons? Uh, yeah, no, no, this is, under, this is under Grady Jarrett's. This is under Grady Jarrett. Okay, so then. Well, I, where? But where? Where, where, where you I, see? I'm, I'm on this profile where? AtlantaFalcons.com? No, no, this is Wikipedia. So I, I could be wrong. Then when I go to Jesse Tuggles, when I go to Jesse Tuggles, it says, it says, his other son, Grady Jarrett, played college football. At Clemson. At Clemson, you know. So I could be wrong. Christian might have to check it for me, but. I'm just saying, it's, if I'm wrong, I, I mean, I'm wrong all the time. I mean, it wouldn't be no other day, but. I mean, I know Wikipedia's not 100% right all the time, but I I, I feel better than steves.falconsite.blog or whatever. Justin Tuggle, hold up. Justin Tuggle? Now, I'm sure that, I mean, I don't know. I, this, no. No, it's not, it's not true? No, it is true. It is true. Jesse Tuggle's kid is great as Jared. <laughs> So the Atlanta Falcons family organization has been great to the Tuggle Slats, Jerry. Hey, when I saw it, I said, "Wait a minute." When Grady did Jared, you just see this today? I just, I, I'm, you know, I. I, I <laughs> so Jesse Tuggle's kid is Grady Jerry. So his mom gave, I guess, uh, Grady her last name instead of Jesse's last name. Okay, so, I, 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 I promise you, I did not know I that. I guarantee you. Well, it ain't too many things BJ don't know. But when I saw that, I said, "This got to be a typo." Like. That's not that's not Jesse Tuggles' kid. And like, and where did you see this, Christian? <laughs> it's on Bleacher Report. Uh, listen, hey. okay, I, I, I'm not that. I just never do that. Hey, but man, we so, have spun so, off so, the rails here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the blood, so the bloodline is there, obviously. But shot, listen, shot the greatest Jerry. I think a guy who coming out of Clemson, nobody saw him being as impactful as he's being very, very impactful in that Super Bowl. Even though obviously it was it ended up being a loss. But I'm, hey, tr- man, I'm not trying to act like this wildest thing. I'm just saying, hey, hit us up on Pigs, at Pigskin Radio. Yeah. Coming on, did you know no. that Grady Jarrett? Was Jesse Tuggle's son? That, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, listen, I'm looking. I'm like, what is this? Crap? So I'm going through it, going through it. I'm like, what? Like, I mean, you would think. Now, obviously, we don't know if it's been a bigger deal or not. But that's that's a pretty big freaking deal. I mean, I'm just saying. Somebody be like, listen, son. Maybe one day they could do for you what they did for me, and they did it. So hey, man, shout out to the shout to the Jared says Tuggle family. But yeah, I, I I am happy for Grady Jared. I think I think he's the guy at the end of the day, Kevin. Super duper consistent on an inconsistent defense on an inconsistent team. Sometimes you got to reward guys for just being a really, really good, solid pro yeah. in the midst of some bad seasons and bad teams. Now Ben's dropping the knowledge. Hey, I, man, I, I, when I, I saw it, I said, "I wonder if Kevin knows." This <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't recall it ever. I mean, again, in all of the the things you watch now, uh, you know, uh, over the course of we've had the Jesse, years, like we've, uh, we've had Jesse on, and you know, I'm like, hey, man. Uh, how you think I, the kid doing? 
I'm sure it's probably one of those things where you see it like, oh, okay. But then like you just dump it from the memory bank. But I, I honestly don't know that I've heard that before. Maybe, maybe I have, and I just it was like, okay, just one of those factoids. I didn't bother to remember. <laughs> remember, I guess I don't know. We already off topic, but, yeah, but the, cra- the, what, I mean, the, cra- the, cra- the craziest story ever was I got coached. He was a running backs coach when I was with the Titans. His name was Coach Sherman, and it was on NFL Films. He was the, he was mentoring this dude who that was a coach, and people used to say, "Hey man, anybody ever told y'all y'all looking like?" Oh, I mean, I hear it all the time. Come to find out, Coach Coach Sherman is his dad. Like, he, he, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Come to, but what happened was what happened was Coach Sherman. You know, had a relationship when he was in college, and the lady never told him that she was pregnant. So here it is, a dude that looked just like you, right? He's like, it's not, yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? But, but, and then come to find out, he's not going to do it like, uh, uh, hey, Dad, hey, hey. Like, they've been coaching together on different – it's crazy, man. But, hey, man, listen, Mr. Tuggle, Mr. Garrett, hey, man, congratulations, Grady. I'm happy to have him, three-year deal. And every time Grady gets a new deal or something, you show him doing the squats. He's at the squat rack. Hey man, shout out to the shout out to the Garrett family, man. Getting that yeah. cheese. Four years, I think. I ain't even counting four years, like 53 mil. I gotta say, I didn't I I wasn't sure that they would, given kind of the direction the team was going, if they were like, hey, let's trade him for picks. And, you know, or something and, like and that. I, so, and I think and I think what it was is his salary from his previous contract, <clears throat> his salary cap hit was gonna be a, gonna be more. So by giving him this new deal, people see more money, but it actually can help you with the cap because they give him more, like a like of a signing bonus. They want to make that they want to make that cap hit because come twenty twenty three, the floodgates will open with that cheese. We're gonna see how the how the Falcons really look, and I think Kevin just like just like a Freddie Freeman with the uh, with the Braves before Ronald Acuna those guys got there. Great, I need to get back to hopefully my last two years or whatever three years for you. Come on, man, let me let me let me go out with a bang, man. I'm tired of just playing well on a bad team. I can play well on a good team too. Let's see how that looks come 2023. All right, and we got one more to go after you know the we're we're going through family trees, but uh, we we got one more to go. Take three. It is Cinco de Mayo come today. On, come on, the one that everybody makes fun. It's like everybody in the United States Cinco de Mayo is like, why well, we can go out and eat chips and sauce sauce, but but you know. What I think it's uh, what Mexican independence yes, in France yes, or something like yes. that, or they want so. Like, anyways, now we're on a history lesson. Come on, uh, how, what is the perfect meal to celebrate Cinco de Mayo? Listen, at the end of the day, I want, I'm a crunchy taco person. I know I'm finna make this like super duper American as it gets. Give me, <laughs> give me some crunchy tacos with the beef, with the cheese, with the salsa. But Kevin, I want the nachos and I want it flooded with queso. I want queso on top of queso. People say, do you like your queso a little bit spicy? I like my queso cheesy and good. That's why I like my queso. So give me the nachos. You don't like you like with, the jalapenos in it? I, I, Cause that it's the only time Kevin though it don't it's spicy. It's not uh, like I can. It's hot from a when you first bring it out, not not like burn my throat hot. <laughs> so I, so I, I can I can go with the, that's the only time I'm actually gonna be a fan of the jalapenos. But yes, give me the yeah. jalapeno, uh, you know queso dip. And listen, if you want to if you want to throw a little throw a little meat in the queso dip, we can do that too. But nachos, a little chorizo. Tacos, you know, cilantro. That's the only time I'm gonna be loving the cilantro, cilantro loving the pico de gallo, all that. <laughs> give me all that. <laughs> Yeah, I think a good combination of of tacos with nachos as well, you know. Because are you a crunchy you know, taco or a soft taco? I, I, it kind of depends. I can I I like both. Crunchy tacos are good. I like the soft tacos. I, I like using the uh, the chips. So if you get tacos, all the stuff that just falls out. Come on. Then you, you just take. Do you just take chips and you basically have nachos to finish it all off? Uh, no, you know. no, no fajitas. No fajitas. Uh, 
I, I don't mind fajitas. They're not my, again. I'm not like a big fajita guy. Yeah. I don't. I, 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 I don't mind them, but you know, I'm, I'm more like the uh, really well done like burritos and uh-huh. uh, enchiladas and stuff like okay. that. I'm not a, uh, a fajita <laughs> guy. A real good like uh, chicken soup or how however they tortilla soup. Uh-huh. Love that too. See, so tortilla soup. You you just tortilla it up. Tortilla soup. Tortilla. Yeah, you side. put chips on anything, man. It's like good. Right, yeah, nah, I mean, I don't know how many tacos I can eat, but I can eat a grip of them. They are the mm, mm, meat, cheese, salsa. Get on out the way. That's it. I only know lettuce. I don't need the rabbit food. I know Kevin <laughs> Thomas don't want the rabbit food, but I'll take a little tomato. I don't mind a little lettuce on my taco. It's fine. <laughs> just, 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 hold on. Just One a, piece. Just a little bit. Just enough to taste. No, I can, AKA, I can't taste it. One yeah. strip. <laughs> One strip of lettuce on it. <laughs> oh, we guys take three. We got more to come here. It's three now on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on 3 and Out, 912-342-7184, 912-342-7184, your number to join us here on the program. We'll talk about uh, some name image likeness coming up in just a little bit. Certainly a lot to be decided there. Greg Sankey and company meeting with the government to uh, to try to figure this thing out. So we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But then I know we had something else down to talk about here, but I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up because I heard you say it, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it just because I get it, both sides of the argument. But Ryan Tannehill, talking about Malik Willis, said, look, I'm not here to mentor him. It's not my job. And it is an interesting spot to be in. If you're Ryan Tannehill, you're like, they're about to fire me, right? I, they, they just drafted a quarterback to be my replacement. Unless you're retiring, how many people are like, yeah, let me help this guy take me out sooner so I don't have to be here and do my job. Right, so I can I can move on and not get paid. How, how do you when guys say that? Because I know he caught a lot of flack about that. Like, I think Brett Favre said something similar about Aaron Rodgers. Like, I am not here to help Aaron Rodgers take my job. I am here to keep my job, get paid handsomely for it, and try to stay in the National Football League. So, as a former player, how do you feel about you know Tannehill saying, I, I I'm not here to mentor Malik Willis. I'm not here to teach him how to take my job. Well, this is what I would tell. This is what I would tell uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. As a guy that came into the league in 2004, and the first person I met when I got in the facility at Baptist, it was then Baptist Sports Park, was Aaron Kinney, a guy that got played my same position at the University of Florida. Got drafted five years earlier, and I think he either went at the bottom of the second round or the top of the third round. Either way, he was a he was a top 100 draft pick. He knows I'm there to compete for his job. When somebody say I'm not finna mentor the guy to take my job, well. This comes down to confidence. Name a job, Kevin, that a person that people come on jobs that you already have that you don't have to mentor them in some capacity. That's any job. Why? Because I got to get you up to speed. Not to take my job or because we work together. Now, Aaron Kenny knew that we had different skill sets. Aaron Kenny knew that we were a different type of tight end, but he knew we were going to play together. And, and at the end of the day, I didn't have a career. I don't have a career without EK. I just don't. I think the thing about Ryan Tannehill is this. You are at the twilight of your career. You're in a position now to be able to show what leadership really is. If you are intimidated by the guy who they just drafted, you shouldn't be in the NFL. That is the league. Now, mentoring means a lot of things. Do I got to bring? Now, how EK did, he brought me under his wing. He really showed me how to be a pro on and off the field. Showed me how to prepare for the game. Showed me how to go about the game. Go about practice. Go about lifting. Go about film work. Because once again, he was a tight end. I'm a tight end. The thing about Ryan Tannehill is 
I'm not finna mentor if he if he gets something from me. Ryan, yeah. I watched Hard Knocks when you first got drafted. Right? I watched Matt Moore and those guys mentor you. And they knew you were gonna be the guy because you were a first round pick. Malik Willis is the third round pick. This is the same Ryan Tannehill who threw three picks the last time we saw him. You think Ryan Tannehill is saying this if he's coming off a Super Bowl win? Don't let the situation dictate. Now, I know Ryan Tannehill has also said, man, he had to go to some, you know, go see, like, you know, go talk to some people or whatever because it really, really took a toll on him when they lost. And I can respect that. Taking care of, listen, listen, take care of your mentals. Shout out to, shout out to, uh, <laughs> you know, shout out to, uh, you know, uh, Marshawn Lynch. <clears throat> but Kevin, why is Ryan Tannehill acting like this? Your chosen profession has something different. When I first got on the radio, you, BJ, y'all mentored me, y'all showing me how to do it. Hey, being do this, hey, being do that. Now, what am I going to say? Because what happens is we work together. Everybody gets replaced. Ryan Tannehill, what, he finna be Tom Brady? I'm finna be here for the next 10 years? No. Well, Ryan Tannehill. No, but he got, wants to keep what he's got. But, but I understand, I, I, I understand I, I, his line of thinking. I, I, listen, I don't I, have to agree I am not negating. I'm not negating, but it's when you say, man, I ain't here to mentor him. Uh, yes, the hell you are. I'm going to tell you why. Y'all in the quarterback meeting room. Hey, man, what you looking at on this, Ryan? Oh, I'm just looking at this, right? Because the best player going to play, right? And I, th- I think the thing about it is, is Ryan Tannehill, there's a reason why they didn't re-sign him in Miami. I don't know what that was. You get to come over to Tennessee, right? I think that what people don't understand about any profession is you're going to – sometimes you've earned that distinction. Everybody don't get mentored. When I – Aaron Kenny mentored me. I mentored both gave, you know, both gave mentored, you know, uh, you know, Cooper Wallace and Greg Gunther and Ben Hall, me, me and Ben uh, Hartstock got drafted together. We mentoring each other and we know we competing. Right. But I think what happens is, Kevin, you know, this, we are, we are an individual collective group. I am, I am no individual what I do, but I represent the group. So what happens if Ryan Tannehill gets injured? Malik goes in. Right now, it ain't Ryan Tannehill for how he plays, but come on, man, we're talking about what everybody does. Hey, man, what you looking at on this play? Hey, man, you know, because at the end of the day, everybody is replaceable. Everybody will be replaceable. When you say, "I ain't here to mentor him," well, you here to do something. Like you ain't here to hand the ball off the, the twenty-two, because when they finally, because you going from AJ to Traylon Burks, Malik Willis, and Malik Willis possesses something that Ryan Tannehill don't do as much. He got wheels too. But he's younger. So I get what, like I said, I get where Ryan Tannehill is coming from. But the best players have a confidence about them. I'll mentor the next set of guys. Why? Me mentoring you lets you know I know the game more than you do. And no matter what, your, listen, your talent could be better than mine. My talent was better than EK. But as a pro, he was better than me. Think about it. My talent better than his. I do things he can't do. But he goes, yeah, but you don't know the game. Malik talent. Better than Ryan Tannehill's, but Malik don't know the game. So what what Ryan Tannehill don't realize, you are OG, man. OG status <laughs> means I've been there longer, Kevin. Like you said, Kevin, look, you've you've seen baseball, known baseball enough to know if they're you you're going up against an opposing coach. He comes to you and say, Kevin, man, I I, I love the way you coach. Could you just show I know, me? No, I don't how think you, anybody's saying that. What, but, no, but, but, but what I'm saying <laughs> is you know the game, right? All you're doing is giving giving game, man. You know, and I think the thing about Ryan Tannehill is the, the news, you don't have to create something in the locker room that doesn't exist. You don't have to say that because Malik Willis, man, he's that's you know 
born in 2000, good Lord, probably 2001 or something, right? All you got to do is say, yeah, man, whatever he needs. Because at the end of the day, Aaron Donald, he mentors every tackle come to the Rams. Why? Because they can't, they, they, they don't know the game like me. Jalen Rams, I can, I can mentor cornerbacks. Why? Why are you showing them? Because I know the game. Like, what I'm telling them, I'm showing them when I'm out there. He's, he's hoping to do what I just told him. So, Ryan, notice, man, you are OG. Go and mentor that young boy because at the end of the day, if he becomes the starter, guess what they're going to make you do then? Think about that. What you say you are not going to do, if he becomes a starter, Ryan, yeah, get him right. Man, I, get him right. Because sometimes, Kevin, they paying you for your leadership. And listen, pay me millions for that. I, whoop, I would love to be doing that. So I, I, I just think that for Ryan Tannehill, he's taking it too personal. If the man is better than you, he going to play. But if he's not, he going to ride the bench. You don't believe me? Phillip Rivers got drafted in 2004. He didn't, he didn't play until 2006 because uh, because Drew Brees was there with the, with the, with the, you know, uh, with the then uh, San Diego Chargers. Hey, Aaron Rodgers did not play for three years because they had Brett Favre. We all have to do it, man. We go from being a mentee to a mentor. Deal with it. You'll be fine. We've got more to come here. It is 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out. On this Thursday, hit us up on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. We are streaming live as well, ESPNCoastal.com. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Glad you are with us. And uh, Ben Falcons, uh, post-draft here. Obviously, we talked earlier about going big at the wide receiver spot. They got Grady Jarrett re-upped on a deal. How much better are they now? Where are they better, in your opinion, uh, now that free agency done, draft is done? Where are they better? <clears throat> I, I, Which is I, tough in the program and a franchise that it's like a dirty word. They won't say rebuilding, but I mean that's what they're doing. I, I do I do think they're better at the uh at the linebacker position. Uh I do think I do think they're better, Kevin, at the wide receiver position because they made it a point. They made it a point to say, okay, we are getting bigger, you know, we're getting more physical at the receiver position. And that's where we're going. Drake London. Everybody went crazy about why would they get him at eight? Well, look at the five receivers that went behind him. He's 6'5", 6'4", 6'5". Kyle Pitts, 6'5", 6'6". He's coming off the best rookie season we've ever seen stats-wise uh, as far as like a tight end. Alden Tate, 6'4", going into year five, coming out of Cincinnati. Right? And you talk about a guy in Cordell Patterson who was all a 6'2 and a half, 6'3". So I do think, Kevin, they got better, you know, at the wide receiver position. Um, I, think the thing, I think the thing about uh, this Falcons team is, you know, they're trying to build an identity. They were last last year in rushing the football. They were ranked 32. Well, it's 32 teams, people, for those of you who didn't know. And I think, Kevin, I do think they got better at the quarterback position. I do. Now, they didn't get better than Matt Ryan, but they got better at the quarterback position because I think I think uh, Marcus Mariota goes with what they're trying to do. They're trying to go more mobile quarterback, a guy that has legs, a guy that can throw the football. And, Kevin, if he can't see these targets, they, he can't see. If you can't see 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", you can't see. So I think that Atlanta is saying, look, on offense, we're going to try to run the football. Just look at our receivers, right? We don't got a bunch of little dudes out there. We got I mean, most of the time, you know, when you're looking at the huddle, you see a bunch of little guys in front of a bunch of big offensive linemen. Now, now they ain't big as old linemen, but they're going to have to bend down because 6'5", 6'6", them sound like, you know, offensive guards and tackles and centers and, and – and so forth. But there's something to say about looking a certain way. All right. We want to establish a running game. We want to establish physicality. Drake London, big boy. 
not not. I mean, he's he's tall and lanky. I mean, but he's six five. What, I think all, they said he was two eighteen. Yeah. Two eighteen. So he, they, hopefully he can get up to that two twenty five because six five two twenty five people. That's mostly height. That's all muscle. Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts has a slender frame, but he's all the two forty five, two fifty. Right, but he's six six. All the tape. He's about six four, two twenty five. Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson about two twenty. He's six two. So I think what they are establishing, Kevin. Yes, at the wide receiver position, we're looking around the league and saying, really good DBs. Well, how do we want to attack New Orleans? How do we want to attack Carolina? You know, how do we want to attack Tampa? Big boys on the outside. And you know who I think they're getting their uh, tactics from? Mike Evans. Mike Evans is 6'5 down there in Tampa Bay. He is not the biggest. He is not the fat. Well, he big, but he ain't, he ain't the fastest. But he's getting open every time. And he ain't necessarily running by guys. But, they go, but somebody got to be one-on-one, right? So if I'm coming to the line, I look out. All right, there go Drake, 6'4", 6'5". All right, look out. They go all six four six five. All right, I look at the time. They go six six. Now, you know, and if we want to listen, if we want to take it there, if I want to look in the slot, right? If we going through, if we going three wide, maybe I go all on the outside. I got that go that go that go Cordell Patterson in the slot. They go Kyle Pitt. Hey, I, I like those eyes. Now, once again, they're gonna have to prove Cordell Patterson. How much better is he if he's just playing receiver? He don't got to worry about running the ball. So I do think, Kevin, we got they got better at the uh, quarterback position. I do think they got better at the linebacker position in the draft. I do think they got better at the receiver position as a whole. Only problem is I don't know if they got better offensive line-wise, like as a whole. Going to have to see, but when, uh, when, when the GMs come out, you know, Terry Fontenot, Arthur Smith uh, come out and say, look, man, we want to be more physical. Kevin, would you think they would want to be more physical if they got a bunch of Harry Douglas and Taylor Gabriels running out? You wouldn't. <laughs> no, that's and, true. Because and, 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 appearance matters, right? Appearance matters. You just know that you're dealing with a lot of, listen, dealing with a lot of hype. And hopefully those guys, Drake London got the skill set. We're we still waiting to see. He fight for footballs. All the take is to see what it's like to be a, a, a headliner. Cordell Patterson, I mean, the, the, the free agent market wasn't as plentiful as he thought it was going to be. He gets re-signed. And hopefully, Kevin, we can get that running game going. If the running game would get going, just as a complimentary piece, listen, you got nowhere to go but up. I mean, literally, yeah, literally, yeah. literally. <laughs> but if you, can get, if you can get a complimentary running game, I mean, ben, could, I mean but, but could, couldn't the argument – I mean, this and and again, I'm, I say this not even to be inflammatory. Couldn't you make the argument, based on the numbers, that the Falcons were the softest team in the National Football League last year? Last against the run. Yep. Matt Ryan was hit more than any quarterback in the league, at least through what I think ten weeks. So you're giving up more quarterback pressures, more quarterback hits. You you're last in running the football, and defensively. You were last in sacks and quarterback pressure percentage. I mean, those numbers to me say, at relative scale, you were the softest team in the National Football League, yep. right? Yep. You're not winning any battles nope. anywhere. Nope. Perception, perception, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to the sports, Falcons, Sharmans. Yes. How about that? <laughs> and, 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 and when you think about that, hold on. When you think about that, right? Running game is another word for physicality. That's all it is. Running games mean throw out schemes. Five. Listen, my O-line versus your D-line. My, my O-line versus your D-line and your linebackers, my running backs versus, you know, your, your stages and corners and what may have you. My, my, we're going to line up. I'm going to look across. I'm going to say, we are running the football. We running. So I'm going to get in my – if I'm a tight end, listen, I'm curled up like a snake because it's me and this D-end. We got to go at it, right? And, and the, the worst thing as a player, as an offensive player, <coughs> excuse me, is to get back there and watch the tape. And you know you're the reason why. 
Can't run the ball right here because look at this. A4 is getting pushed back into the hole, so that means that my that, that means that the steps of my uh of my of, of my uh, fullback is off because you got to run around him. Oh, my pulling guard just got blown up. So we can't and I think what happens is, Kevin, they talking to you as a as a man. They talking, they saying, look, you don't got to like it, but you gonna let that man do you like that? And in a sense, it's got to run the football means it means more to us, man. I'm not gonna let listen. Don't be the one. Meaning, if it's third and one, if we didn't get it, it ain't because my man blew me up. Because at the end of the day, Kevin, you know, you lift the weights for a reason. You keep your body in shape for a reason. You're making sure you're dependable for a reason. But if they send to themselves, Jimmy Graham, and I listen, love Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is still in the National Football League, you know, tied in out of uh, Miami. Obviously had an incredible career. Nobody will ever, ever mistake Jimmy Graham as being a mauler, uh, you know, a block, a block of a running backs. Never. Right? And he's a big dude. Jimmy Graham, about 6'7", about 275. Big boy. Want to catch the ball. I don't want that moniker of I'm one-dimensional. Last year, you know how much easier it is to game plan the Falcons when they cannot run the ball? Like, we don't expect y'all running the ball. What you mean? That means we pinning our ears back, coming after Matty Ice on every play, but they're every play in the run the play. It don't, y'all can't run the ball. Like, y'all can, not running the ball means y'all are one-dimensional. That means that y'all starting receiver is also leading y'all in rushing. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, Kevin, yeah. getting back to run the football, like you say, because until you do, as my coach would say, put you in the microwave, melt you over the butter. I mean, melt you over the popcorn. You are, you are, <laughs> you are butter soft. And, and well, I mean, and the numbers don't lie with that. No, like don't. I said, dead last in running, dead last in uh, you know, uh, getting after the quarterback, pressuring the quarterback, and your quarterback was the most hit. So you were not. I mean. Just the numbers say the Falcons last year were very soft. And maybe that's why we're seeing what we're seeing with the draft. Uh, and now you're saying Arthur Smith, Terry Fonda, these are going to be our guys, big guys uh, coming in, physical guys, because even if that's not – because I know people look at it, the Falcons, Ben, it's, it's easy to say they want to be Tampa Bay. And what do you th- I mean, not Tampa Bay. They want to be Tennessee. What do you think of when you think of Tennessee? Handing the ball off and seven- to eight-yard pass routes. That's just what you think about, right? Because they're running the ball, possession, even with – you know, A.J. Brown, uh, formerly, and, and guys like that. They're big and physical. I mean, now, you're Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenegal. We we very well might have been the least physical team in the whole league. What do you do to change that? You bring in big, tall receivers? Maybe not. The, again, maybe I'm talking myself into the, into the pick there uh, for Drake Lennon, but you bring in big, tall receivers, maybe not the fastest uh, guys that you could find at the yep. position of the draft, but... We're gonna get bigger. Jamari was it uh, Jamari Sawyer yes. late in the uh, in yes. the draft. He's a good, a good that, addition. He he's a late round pick. Is he yes. a starter? Not necessarily. Could he be? Maybe. Is he a mauler? Yep. Yes. What what, what did he do at Georgia? Your job is to rip faces. Yeah. Uh, I mean, rip, hypothetically. Rip yeah, yeah. <laughs> hypothetically, there yes. at the at the line of scrimmage, and that's what you want. Got to get more physical, and there's nowhere to go but up. But you can't be the softest team in the league, Ben, and say we're gonna make the playoffs, much less win the Super Bowl. I mean, when you look at Case in point, look at the teams that are winning the Super Bowl. Were the Rams soft on defense last year? Nope. Was the the Bucs soft on defense before that? Nope. I mean, even with Tom Brady, who is the GOAT, offensively, they were coming downhill at you, right? You put Leonard Fournette in there, and, hey, we're going to come hit you in the mouth. Falcons didn't do any of that. And that's why Mike Davis is no longer on the team. That's why you've seen some of those moves. And I wonder how much better you can get in an offseason, just dedicating yourself to trying to be 
more physical. I'm not saying you beat your head against the wall and say, we're going to run the – but you, you can't do any worse yeah. than what you were. And as you said, it's not even so much one-dimensional. Ben, I think it's a psychological thing. If teams know you're soft, and I don't mean, you know, they look at the guy across and go, oh, man, this guy's going to roll over. But if a team knows, we punch this Falcons team in the mouth, there's nothing they can do about yep. it. There's not, then they're going to abuse you uh, on that. And I think that's what uh, happened with Atlanta a good many times last year. It's just offensively, they're like, as you said, we don't respect the run game. We can abuse this offensive line because there's not a lot of get off uh, on that offensive line to run the football. We're getting to the quarterback. We're going to you know, totally abuse the fact that they're one of the softest teams in the league. And then you get what you get uh, in Atlanta, which is you're, you're last in all those important categories in terms of you know, physical play. Yeah, Kevin, I think, I think you just uh, talked about one of the golden rules when it comes to football. Once, once we know you have a certain mentality of how you play uh, a certain aspect of the game, it's over with. Like, and because you know what they're telling defenses, don't let us be the team. They can't run the ball on nobody. We, they will not start with us. So they make a converted effort to say, let's go ahead and discourage them right now with the run. Let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. That way they play right into our hands. Why? Because if you are one-dimensional in football, it's over with. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. All we're going to do is sit back and throw it. Not going to be this. Why? Because we're already in pass coverage. Well, dude, let's try to run the ball on first down. No, because then it's second and 12. <laughs> you know, so 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 I, I just think that for this Falcons team, it's a mentality. You saying we want to get more, we want to, we want to be more physical. That's across the board. That's stopping the run on defense. That's establishing the run on offense. And when you got receivers that's averaging at least 6'4 and 6'5 with offensive linemen like Sawyer coming if, in from Georgia, it should help. If you're Arthur Smith, how do you change that mindset? Because I'm sure all these guys have heard physical, physical, physical from the time they played eighth grade football. Right? Everybody's like, we want to be bigger and stronger. We want to get out there. How do you change that mindset if you're Arthur Smith of, guys, we said we wanted to be physical and we weren't. We were a passing team to a T. Defense. We said we wanted to be physical. We weren't. We were, you know, we had to be a coverage team because we we weren't winning any back. How do you change that mindset? Because I know everybody's like, just be tougher. Well, how do you how do you, how do you do that? How do you instill that in your football? It, it, it starts it starts with every single thing you do, from how from how to from how the workouts are to how mini camp is, to how training camp is, to how preseason is. Because, Kevin, the thing is, mentality is But you didn't thing. play in the preseason last year, so. That, it's, <laughs> almost like, it's almost like Kyle Pitts is going to be utilized in a way that he doesn't look, that he's not built for. Kyle Pitts coming out of college, he said, man, when people are always talking about my receiving ability, have you ever seen me block? I might not look like what I, I might not look like a blocker, but put him in front of me, right? And then you start going to the tape, right? So I think with all the Smithies, he goes, look, man, they're going to think that my team is a reflection of me mentally. They're going to think that I'm soft because my team is, right? So, if you, oh, my God. If you've never seen Arthur Smith press conference, he looked like every question disrespectful. <laughs> I don't care. <clears throat> I mean, every question, like, no matter how it is, but we got to get back to running the ball. All right, we'll see how this Falcons team develops moving forward. But, again, uh, last in all those uh, categories when it comes to just a physical-type football game. we got more to come here. It's three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Oh, great to have you back here as we move along on this Thursday. We'll talk some NIL coming up in the final hour. That continues to be a hot topic as Greg Sankey and others going to Washington to try to sort all this out. Why the NCAA can't come up with some kind of guidelines? Who knows? But we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But uh, Benedict Cinco de Mayo today. I know a lot of people celebrating with uh, with the tacos and, uh, and, and the chips and the cheese <laughs> and the margaritas. Uh, here for, for Cinco de Mayo. 
At the end of the day, Kevin, look, tacos. I need any, Cody any, Queen to like yeah, any, yeah, any, throw any, a taco listen, party. Any, ch- any chance, any 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 opportunity to get some tacos, some nachos. Kevin, you talk about the burritos. They they got deep fried burritos these days, the enchiladas. Look, a lot a lot of a lot of listen, a lot of uh you can a lot deep of pico fry de anything. gala. Yeah, a lot of pico de gala, a lot of queso yeah. with the with the jalapenos. And uh let's enjoy enjoy yourself today. There you go. I'd love to have a queso fountain here in the office. Oh my god. How about that? Final hour coming up next. Final hour of the show. Glad you're with us here on this Thursday. So much to get to here on the program, including these ridiculously early uh, mock drafts uh, that are out there, Ben. I know uh, we were kind of talking about it during the break. We'll get to that coming up uh, momentarily. But NIL is is always in the news. And you have Greg Sankey, George Klyavkoff of the Pac-12. They are meeting with Congress. Let me say that again. The head of the SEC and the Pac-12 are meeting with Congress to discuss federal regulation uh, regarding uh, NIL uh, rules to regulate this thing. My question is, what is the NCAA doing? Can they do anything? Why aren't they doing anything? Uh, and again, to me, this has been kind of the issue from the beginning, Ben, is everybody's looking around going, who's going to... Is anybody is it is it the Wild West out here or uh, are you going to do something about it? And again, I don't think most people are begrudging student athletes from getting a little money. I think where most people, and again, fans are fans, Ben. They, they, we're all looking out for our own self interest here. I think most people are saying, "All right, if I'm not a fan of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Southern Cal, Texas, Texas A&M team." Schools that have large alumni base, large donor bases uh, when it comes to this NIL, what are the rest of us doing? Right? I mean, like, if, that, if that's what it's come down to is we're side-dealing NIL deals to get recruits, which may have happened under the table called by another name before, but if in reality now it's out in front of the table and you're talking about, in some cases, hundreds of, of thousands of dollars for a potential top recruit. What are, what are the rest of us doing uh, out there? And we we talk now. Hey, maybe there's seven eight teams that could get to a a, a national championship. What are the rest of the uh, hundred and and twenty schools doing now that you throw money on top of that in terms of landing recruits packages you can offer potential recruits for coming in NIL? And as of right now, there is no regulation of yeah. any kind. And yeah. again, I don't know how strict it needs to be, but from the beginning when people said, hey, California is going to put NIL in, and then Florida and Georgia and a couple other states were like, well, we'll do it too, and we'll make it sooner. And the NCAA just kind of stood there. Mark Emmert was like, uh, uh, y- y'all want to handle this? And the conferences are like, uh, uh, states want to handle this? Uh, the states are like, well, I mean, I guess they can make money. You're like, why not? Uh, and now everybody's standing around with their hands up going, yeah. uh, is this what we thought it was going to be? Is this what we want college football? And I'm not saying what we want college football to be uh, in terms of athletes getting paid. Is this what we want college athletes to turn into is simple, hey, you're just going to go to the highest bidder and that's all that matters. We're not going to sell our program anymore. We're not going to sell our facilities. We're not going to sell our tradition. It's just going to be highest bidder wins. Is that what we want collegiate athletics to be? And I say I make that distinction because people are like, Kevin, you're hating. No. Do we want it to be pro sports or not? 
I because I, I think when this started, it was hey, they should be able to make some money. I agree. What's the market for that? Is it hundreds of thousands of dollars? Is it is every college athlete worth fifty thousand bucks? On top, do you think every offensive lineman is worth fifty grand to a company? I don't even know their names. Maybe it is. I'm I'm just simply asking the question to where is. Are we calling it NIL and we're just simply now using it to sway recruits when schools aren't supposed to be doing that kind of thing uh, and more? And everybody's standing around with their hands up going, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. Uh, we'll just pass it on to somebody else. And now when you got much better things to be worrying about, Congress is apparently going to start looking at this bit. I mean, how it's good and it's bad. We, oh, er, yeah. Everything has a good and bad. Mm-hmm. How far away from reining this thing in are we? Uh, and, and, and by reining it in, I mean just tell people what the rules are. Because right now if you go to Duke and Wake Forest and Alabama and Auburn and go to somebody and go, what are the rules of NIL? Uh, well, these schools cannot broker a deal. Put that little wink in there. Nah, we can't broker a deal. Yeah, but you know that guy right there, right? He gives a lot of money to the program. He does. And all of your offensive players just got money from him? For what? Oh, well, uh, you know, you have boosters coming out saying, we're going to create funds to give players so that we don't lose them to other schools. That's not name, image, likeness. That's out in the open bag men. Is that what name, image, likeness is? So uh, how do you rein this in? Well, the first thing uh, that, <clears throat> that needs to be reined in is this. When I talk about amateurism never existing in, in, in college athletics, I don't want to hear nothing else. Me with Congress about it. And I will and I will say this about Greg Sankey, who was incredible at keeping things, you know, under wraps. This is this is a cop out. It is not that hard. When you Kevin, when you see what college athletic is, did you ever think we would be working with you know hundred million dollar budgets and no, absolutely not. coaches and listen, listen, billion dollars worth of facilities. Not not millions, billions and dollars worth of facilities on college campuses. Sure. Yeah. But all of a sudden, when it comes to players getting money, man, we don't know what to do. I don't believe that. I believe that nobody wants to be the one to say we came up with it so they can point to us. Do it to do it to Congress, which is we know who they are, but they're still nameless. How many? Come on, man. You talking about not knowing the offensive lineman? How many twenty-something-year-olds know congressmen? They don't know <laughs> them. So what I'm saying is, the college athletics, Kevin. It's 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 the biggest brand. It's the it's one of the biggest brands in the freaking in the freaking country. They own Saturday. Does it's call it what? Yeah, it college is. football certainly NFL, is. Yeah, NFL owns Sunday, right? But what's starting to happen is these programs. They, I mean, these these budgets are saying, look, man, we're talking about being able to legislate to make sure that things are being done the right way when it comes to college. That is not hard to do. The NFL rules and regulations book. If you've ever seen it, it looked like a phone. But to those of us who What's a phone book? What's a phone book? It's crazy. But what I'm saying is, it's not that hard. First thing has to be established, Kevin. What you said, we need to know in a sentence or two what name and image like. What is it to where we all get it? Because we can't establish how to stop it until we know what it is. Like, well, I, don't, I don't think anybody's trying to stop it or, re- I, or but, regulate. Yeah, I think you need to regulate it because again, I, I this is just me, and, and if you. If, <laughs> I mean, if you call it by just put take college athletics out of it, uh-huh. right? And and you took a guy who had a business, and he said, "Ben, 
I want you to be a spokesman for this business. The only reason I want you is because I want you to work for this company over here. What am I getting paid to do? You're getting paid to stay with that company. But I am getting paid by that company, sort of. You know, they're giving me a compensation package. I know, but I'm going to give you more money to say, and I, but you want over here. Like, what would we call that if that happened in a real life? And at Miami, like, hey, we create a company, and we're going to create name, image, likeness opportunities for our student athletes so they will not go anywhere else, and they will stay here. What what would you call that? In, in, in bribery? Or, so I, I, again, and I'm not saying they have no value. I'm simply saying the, the market right now is way out there. And, and I think the interesting part, we say, well, what's the market? Obviously, in any market is what somebody is willing to pay you. Yeah. I, I 100%. I, that's fine. But I do find it interesting that you saw guys get high-dollar high deals. Let's just take the top three that we, we heard about. DJU at Clemson. Yep. Huge deal to be Mr. Dr. Pepper. Okay. Yep. Had a less-than-stellar year from a name-brand standpoint. Clemson still of, won 10 yeah, games, yeah. but his kind of stats wasn't out there. Yeah. He wasn't even in the Heisman. Whatever. You had, what, Spencer Rattler got one. He ended up not even playing and ends up transferring. And then you had Bryce Young, who obviously was at least in discussion for the Heisman Trophy, played in the SEC Championship game, college football playoff national championship. So you had three huge deals. Only one of them really ended up making a huge national impact as yes. far as that goes. Yes. And I and so, so our business is just going to keep doing that. And again, that's on the top end. But yeah. then what filtered down is how do we just create NIL deals to keep our guys from transferring. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what NIL was about? Was was NIL allowed to say, we want to keep guys from transferring? <laughs> or, or was it, no, it was made to, hey, these guys want to be able to make some money while they are playing said sport. Hey, I'm the best baseball player at Rutgers. I want to be able to go out in the Rutgers community and say, hey, Come support Rutgers baseball, and when you do, stop by, you know, Jimmy's Hot Dog Shack on Tuesday night, two for one, whatever, I, I, whatever it is. And that work. I think we've kind of gone away from that to a lot of NIL is is athlete retention. It's not a marketing deal. It is how much do we need to pay these guys to keep them from leaving? And I don't think that's what it was meant to be. Honestly, tell me I'm off base, Ben. If you, if what I'm saying is ridiculous, I could be their old guy it's, in the room. No, it's, but, no, 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 that's. But like I said, look, some of something is still it, right? You can't say, like, if what you're saying is a part of it, that's all. You can't say this is what NILL is and somebody say, well, what about this? Like, that's what I'm saying. Those two sentences are going to have to be well thought out if you're talking about, because I think what happens is, Kevin, this is what, this is what NIL is to me. If I'm on campus, I'm thinking I get a chance to make money. That's the perception. All right, we got NIL deal, and now you got, for me, I work with Gators Collective down there at the University of Florida. I'm just, I just try to show, I, I, I basically interview the player to try to, uh, you know, show them, like, look, man, I'm trying to get you to get people to root for you, the person, not just the player. Sure. I don't have anything to do with them. Now, do they get paid to come on and speak to me? Yes, not because I'm charming. Nope. They want to <laughs> come, come make some dollars. Now, when I ask, you know, when I ask, uh, you know, the people over Gators Collective, I'll go, oh, man, I can get any play I want. They go, no, everybody ain't signed. See, the thing about it is, Gators Collective, it, of course, I call it Gators Collective. So it looks like, obviously, we want to be affiliated with the University of Florida through, through the name of it. <laughs> but we are not actually affiliated with the University of Florida because, you know, we can't, we are a third party. Right, yeah. Now, here's the thing. If you're talking to any coach, even Billy Napier, whomever, they say, dude, we, what I love about name is a chance for us to get the best players in here. So they ain't even trying to sugarcoat it. 
I'm trying to do what uh, I'm trying to do what Jimbo Fisher. I mean, did, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Should this not be the stance then of a head coach? I would like you to come to play at X university. If you can make some dollars on the side, great. Not hey, come here because you, we already have this money sitting uh-huh. there. Like that's that's not what it was supposed and, to be, and, right? And, 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 and yeah. I'm, I'm not or, trying to sound naive, this but is what, this is what I, this is another way to be describe uh, nil. Private conversation being made public because a lot of times something hit. Stuff to say in private. Well, I wasn't privy to it. I, I don't know what was said. But on the scene, right, Jordan Addison was at Pitt. Balling. Now he's in the transfer portal. Now he's in the transfer portal. It ain't because Kenny Pickett left, right? It's because, like you said, Kevin, it goes back to how did that happen? Like, I know what was said. I don't know how it was said. I don't know who said it. But I know somebody from the West Coast spoke to him at Pitt. Because at the end of the day, I could just wait. And if I said, which this, this just takes, show me your call logs. <laughs> yeah. right? and, and, that, and that's getting deep and deep. And sure deep it stuff. is. But I, but I will say this. Were, were there people loosely affiliated with yes. Southern Cal saying, if you come here, we have this set up for you already. All you got to do is jump in the transfer portal and come on. We, that we, is obviously we, we are, we, you know, tampering we are, at we that are, point. Listen, most of our children are older. We, we're past the, the daycare stage. But we all at one point had to pick a daycare. We picked the daycare because of what came with it. Oh, I like that. I like Then you got to get to a price. Now, you're going to pay it if you think it's worth it. If I think that's worth it, I'm going to pay it. Now, I don't want to pay it, <laughs> but, I, but I think it's worth it, right? Sure. Because they have our, 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 our problems. They have our children. I get it. When you talk about NIL, it's not that different, right? There was nothing wrong with where Jordan Addison was at. The amenities there were just as nice. Now, the location is different. Sure. Right? But all of a sudden, you don't like it here no more. What you mean, man? I don't want to be here no more. What? And the thing is, Kevin, it's almost like saying this. It goes back to what I be saying about having an NIL on campus. If you have an NIL department on campus, all they, they do not negotiate deals, by the way. They don't negotiate deals. But every single deal that's negotiated got to come across that desk. I don't want to know who negotiated. I want to know who the parties were. And I need to have access to them. Because, Kevin, at the end of the day, somebody going to have to tell us something. Coach Narduzzi is like, bro, I'm, I, you think I'm going to just go quiet? You're taking my best player. Well, so I'm saying, I think that's the, that's the part that I, I think coaches uh, struggle with when they're talking about, hey, I'm trying to keep the program together. And people will say, well, just compete. Compete financially. Well, here's the deal. Under a normal situation, are you happy? You're winning. Yeah. Are you getting beat out? No. Are you, are, are you, you, are you, you going to be a top yeah, are, are, yeah. are, you, are you winning in the league? We just won the ACC. Uh, is there somebody coming to take your job? No. Uh, where do you stand? Is it exposure? I just won the best receiver award. So it ain't because nobody saw you. <laughs> right? right? So, and, so, and your quarterback so, is the only quarterback so, first so what is So as you so said, on the it? surface, what is the reason for leaving? Well, obviously, somebody hooked you. And wherever you're going, and, 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 potentially and, hooked you up to and move. Hold on, so, hold on. And, th- and think about this. Jordan Addison's got one more year left in school. Right? So what? He got the summer and he got the fall. That's it. <laughs> well, he, I got the summer. Sure. I got the fall and I'm going and I'm going off and I'm going I'm going to go train. Right? Somebody said this, Jordan. I ain't, listen, man. I, I get it. You ain't even ask us what we was able to do. Like, and listen. If if your college or university, and I'm to my P five, don't got an nil you know component now. You 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 kidding yourself? Because the reason why you want a component is. Even if they got their own representation, dude, I need to have something in place so I can so I can kind of show them. Listen, fellas, because 
y'all don't know what y'all doing. Like the people that's setting up these uh, NIL deals, these are financial advisors. These are lawyers. <laughs> so they want to make sure they're protected. You need to make sure you're protected. I am not telling you to not try to get your money. I'm here to make sure that this contract you sign ain't going to be your end. Because, Kevin, you know just like I know. What happened with the kid you was up there at Ohio State, they, see, that's what they fearful of. They saying, yeah. dude. I, I left, got a million dollars, I'm out, and then. Hey, and I, I yeah. don't want to be a longhorn. You could have fooled me. Because <laughs> yeah. you were just up there in freaking Columbus. Yeah. So I, I just think that what's scary is some of these companies got a lot of money to throw around. And they showing it to you. Because, DJ, you show you. Look, man. That's our projection. And that's off of one game against Notre Dame. And he a five-star. And Clemson. Right? You don't even hear about DJU. Right. I mean, Anthony Richardson at Florida, he had a high. I mean, Tom Shea and them got him going top ten. I just, I just think that at the end of the, I just think at the end of the day, you, you, need, you need regulation from a standpoint of people need to know what not to do. That's all, re- all regulation, legislation. I, listen, at a job, I didn't know. No, no, no. Yeah, thank you for welcoming me on. What's going to get me fired? Yeah. What I are the rules? Yeah. But at the end of the day, Kevin, like I said, you're going to have outliers, and that's how the rules are made, you know, uh, because at what, what's going to happen is now if you win an award in college and you're coming back to school, they're going to want to see if you're at the same school. Because if, if the Blitnikoff Award and the Buckets Award and all this outlet trophy winners, if they're going to different places, they know – and that because you, quote, grew up a Longhorn and you just came from Ohio State. That's BS. Because even if it is true, man, please. So I just think that when you talk about NIL, we need to know what it is. We need to know what it could be. But we also need to, we also, we also need, we also need to be honest with ourselves and saying, if you don't, no one wants to hear about Jimbo Fishing when you just got no more recruiting class. No one wants to hear from Lincoln Riley when you just got Caleb Williams and you're finna add Jordan Addison. No one wants to hear about, you know, certain like like, like no one wants to hear Nick Saban who got the two number number one and number two player in the country. And somebody said that Jordan Addison was throwing the ball with Brian. If Jordan Addison is about Alabama, I don't want to hear nothing. Like if he don't go to USC. And he is with Alabama. Nick Saban, shut up. I don't <laughs> want to hear your mouth. Because the only people that get mad are the haves who talk to the have-nots who will never have it. USC, they got it. Alabama, they got it. Ohio State, they got it. Georgia, Texas, Texas and them, they got it. So, Kevin, isn't it crazy that the 10, maybe 11 teams that can win it all still want it all? That's, all <laughs> yeah. that's what NIL is to them. They want it all. They don't want to just yeah. compete. It's, so, we'll see. Well, that's Again, and Greg Sankey? Going to talk to the, the government about it? I, I'm interested to see what on earth they could even do uh, to try to rein that in. I, I, I tend to kind of fall in line with you, Biz. Like, I, we're not negotiating deals, but I have to, but again, as, as a coach, as a program, I have to be like, okay, wait a minute. So, my star wide receiver who came in, balled out freshman year, all of a sudden, he just signed two deals with this guy from who just so happens to live in, in Tuscaloosa. And he happens to be a Bama guy. Am I about to lose my guy because we're trying to get deals? Like I think that is for coaches. Sometimes you're like, well, they just don't want the kids to make money. I don't think that that's it. No, I think. And again, I say this because most people are like, oh, the coaches are greedy. They want it all. No, the coaches are sitting here looking at saying, look, I have my livelihood at stake, and I don't even know if I'm going to have. Half of my roster that I have, the, the one thing that Nick Saban and Dabo Swinney and Kirby Smart want to know, within a variance of a degree, right, 
As soon as that national championship game is over, and I'm sure they talked about it before, Kirby Smart's going, how many of these guys I got back? Yeah. What's my roster look oh, yeah. like? That, that's what how, can I, that, how can yeah. I plan for the next recruit? Yeah. And if guys are just up and leaving every year for the best money, just like how do you – in the back of their mind, the coach is saying, how do I keep this thing going yes. when it's the, my roster is turning over every year at a greater degree than we've ever witnessed? Uh, what? Through graduation, through guys transferring, some teams losing, what, 30, 35, 40? That is a lot to keep your program going in a positive direction when guys are dipping in and out on you like that, and you're going, well, just bring in more players. Well, okay, I can, but I'm not going to you know, maintain what I'm trying to do. Coaches are human, too. They want to keep their job. So I don't think coaches are saying, don't give anything to the players. I think coaches are saying, how do we rein this in so that I have a clue as to what's happening? Yes, yes. Like with my own players. Like, are guys just... Because, again, if they get all the right amount of deals, could you lose your seniors oh, oh, and 10, oh, oh, 15 other oh, guys? Oh, 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 so. oh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it, it's 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 going to be a problem. Because, like you said, Kevin, it just never stops. NIL is a never – NIL is like the new recruiting Because tactic. I look at National Football League. National Football League. Guys can make money on a the side. They can sign deals. But guess what? They have things called contracts. So, Arthur Smith knows, unless we kick a guy to the curb – by our choosing. Oh, yeah. We, he, I know who's on the team. Exactly. He ain't, right. going, he ain't going nowhere. I, and, I know and, who's and, on the team. I know that whatever he's doing away from football is to help bring extra dollars in, like like negotiating, like, like you know, uh, endorsement dollars, which is very, very hard to do with guys that wear, you know, something over their sure. face when I don't know who they are. In, in, in college football, 18 to 24, social media, friends, family, <laughs> like people telling you, you this and you that. And the th- oh, 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 no, this is what it really is. Man, I'm better than Jordan Addison. <laughs> well, How he got that? If you got that, I want that plus one. Uh, we got more to come. Three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Great to be here with you on Three and Out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And again, uh, NIL going to continue to be in the news until somebody figures something out. And uh, Ben, it seems like, just to kind of put a little bow on it here as we, uh, we ran way over, is at the end of the day, when you talk about where is college athletics from a leadership standpoint, right? We have the transfer portal where people are saying, hey, there should be some windows put in place where we know when guys are hopping in and out. And if you wait too long, well, you got to come back. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. You look at name, image, likeness, where what, what are the operating rules for that? Who, like, how, how does this thing work, you know, from a competitive and, and, and legal standpoint? And where's the NCAA in all this? As I said, I feel like uh, they've thrown their hands up. Mark Emmert going to retire. He has done nothing in regards to transfer portal and NIL and say, yeah, you could do it. Okay, well, I mean, you're the guy over the rule. And I, and I, I kind of laughed uh, the other other day because I saw, you know, on the bottom line uh, that in in Nebraska, they handed down a, uh, a, a penalty to, uh, was it Scott Frost? Yeah, handed down a penalty from the NCAA. You're going to suspend Scott Frost for a little bit. Why? Because he had the wrong number of designated coaches on the field at a certain amount of time. And it's like, okay, so so Nick Saban's got 400 analysts that are out there, and you know everybody's and, doing and it, who, as you and said. Who, and, who, and who was counting? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. but it's like, but but you know, we have all these analysts who are pseudo coaches, former head coaches at all these schools, analysts waiting to get other jobs. You know, kind of wink, wink. We're just looking at tape. Uh, kind of stuff, helping come up with game plans at all these schools, and that's what we crack down on. So if all the things going on, that's what we're cracking down on, but you have no opinion 
on NIL, no opinion on how the transfer portal should be looked at, regulated. Uh, like, what are you doing? And, and that's why I think a lot of people look at it and you say, oh, the NCAA could be, like, I think a lot of people take a step back and look at it and go, like, as I've said, what are, you, what are they, what good are they? What, what are you doing to kind of oversee uh, the sport when you crack down on stuff like that uh, where it's like, hey, we're going to send a message to Nebraska uh, that you can't have a, the, the, the incorrect number of uh, you know designated coaches on the sideline, but when it comes to how the transfer portal, i.e. the movement of student athletes, it's just hey free for all. There's no window. There's no. There's no. And again, I'm not even saying you shouldn't allow it. I would say as an NCAA administrator, Ben, I would look at it and say over the last year, there's been X number of players come in there, 59 or what was it 50. 54% of them sign with a new school. Six to, or 58% of them go back to the school they came from. So we have a system in place for transfer. I know people make their own decisions. Their student make your, but we have a system in place where we put a transfer portal out there and 40% of the people that go in never sign with anywhere else. Is that a healthy transfer situation we've no, created? No. Or should we look out for the student athletes and say, hey, fellas and young ladies and young women, whatever. We've created a situation where we want you to examine what you're doing when you enter that transfer portal. Because just I think it might have just been on the football side. 40% of y'all are going to end up standing there looking around. I think the idea is to facilitate outcomes for student-athletes, not put a situation where, yeah, you can transfer, well, what about after that? That's basically been the NCAA's role. And so I look at it and say, what is the NCAA doing while these sports world the collegiate sports world is rapidly changing and it seems like they've really offered no opinion on anything that's happened within the last couple of years in regards to transfer portal uh again how do you regulate that how do we bring that number down so that folks that go into the transfer portal maybe we could get it closer to like 70 percent of people that go in the transfer portal are able to find a new place why because we brought the number down and realized hey hard work competition stay at the school you're at work through it I, I I don't feel like the NCAA is fostering that in any way. So uh, I, I just look around and want to know, like, who's in charge? It's Mark Emmert, but, I mean, with all of this, why are the two heads of two conferences going to talk to Congress and not talking to Mark Emmert about, hey, collegiately, what are we doing about name, image, likeness? Why are they going there? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not asking for an answer mm-hmm. for you, Ben, but, but I think a reasonable person can ask. Yep. Why, why, when you are dealing with all these universities, mm-hmm. you have two Two men who have been designated to lead the SEC and the Pac-12. Why are they going to Congress? Why are they not going to you? Yeah. And if they have been to you, why aren't you going with them? Yep. Uh, to, to say we are the collective body that we all, I mean, again, to me, this kind of shows the dysfunction of where we're at. We've had landmark things happen in the last couple of years from transfer portal where it's, hey, free transfer. Okay, are we going to regulate it? Nope. Hop on in there. See what happens. It's a washing machine. See if you come out on the other side or if you get lost, like, you know, a sock or something. NIL. Hey, what, what's kind of the guidelines for this? Oh, just whatever your state says. Yep. Well, there's 50 of those. Yeah. yeah just I, just yeah, whatever yeah, they do. Yeah, I don't like So it's that. like, I mean, so I, I feel like the NCAA is just, like, not addressing some of the things that's like, you are the oversight for your student athletes. Your goal is to, one, try to create a, a fair playing field, and two, Legislate the best environment for your student athletes possible, and I don't. I don't know that they're doing that. They're not doing it, Kevin. And the thing is, right? Doesn't it, doesn't it feel like the players are being let down in so many areas? 
I mean, Mark Emmert. I mean, has there ever been a more powerless, voiceless, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, president ever? Did, well, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not and, trying and, to demean the guy. And, and, and I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not. Because what, what I'm saying is right. I don't believe. I don't believe. I I was blessed enough to go into the Florida Georgia game Hall of Fame with Jeremy Foley, former athletic director of uh, you know, uh, Florida. You know, hired uh, Nick. I mean. Uh, Hired uh, Billy Donovan and Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer and so on and so forth, Mary Wise, and it just goes on and on. I was asking him about budgets. He was like, oh, Ben, when I first got that man, we, you know, we were lucky to get, you know, 20 million, 30 million. Now, you know, they're talking about with hundred something million dollar budgets. Big billion dollar uh uh, you know, uh, infrastructure, uh, you know, uh billion dollar yeah, infrastructure pro- bills yeah. coming up. And yet, NIL, we don't know. We don't know. What's dangerous about going to Congress is this, Kevin, you know just like I know. You're talking about people. One, probably never do not watch college football. Not, not, not collecting. Yeah, they got, they got other they things, got other things <laughs> yeah. going on. Like on the agenda today, uh, it's college football. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, yeah. like, think about it. They, we, we, we're there, right? Me and you, we're there representing NCAA. Kevin Thomas being true. Yeah, we listen. We had to talk about NIL. What, what's that again? Name them is like, what's that? But college, <laughs> what kind of? And I think what happens is right. That's dangerous because you're finna put a roof on something that might not need one right now. Like you don't, you gotta like if you've ever you got a house, right? There's nothing. But it on needs the house some guidance. It I mean, I li- guidance. And, and listen, we need to, Kevin. You said something. Kids need to have these young people need to have incentives to transfer, like not necessarily money. Meaning, man, I I want to come out if I go in this thing. Cause look at what the NCAA did. Yeah, man, let let them just go. Just unfeather. Just let them go. Free transfer. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I said, but it's a. Big old building, yeah, yeah, man. We got enough. We got a room here for every college athlete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but do they come out? Well, it depends. Like half of them do. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> half of them come out because this is the thing, right? Just imagine if you've been catered to because of your athletic ability your whole life. You go, you on Twitter. I, I, I narrowed it down to my top twenty offers. <laughs> I will be <laughs> announcing my pick. You know, on you know February the third at twelve thirty. Right? And next thing you know, Kevin, I got a table. 30 hats on it. And I'm taking them off, throwing them off, taking them off, throwing them off. Right? And I pick one. Guess what? Yeah, that goes away. As soon as I pick a team, those other 29 had to, had to get their roster together with their top 25. Now you jump back in. Hey, Coach, remember me? Yeah, I do remember you. Yeah. But it's a little bit different. Why? Well, when you was at your peak, it's when we wanted you. Now, you think you're at your peak. Now, we still want you. We got a spot for you. It just ain't the same. I mean, Coach, can you guarantee me? Mm-mm. You calling my phone. <laughs> I used to well, call your phone. So now, Kevin, when it comes to NIL, right, this is what NIL will do. Hey, man, I was on campus, man. I couldn't get an NIL. This is the opposite of Jordan Addison. Because that's Jordan Addison is the peak. Sure. That, that's, yeah. that, that's, that's Caleb Williams. You know, that's C.J. Stroud. Right? That, that's Spencer Rattler. This is Addison Jordan. This is the other receiver, right? Not Jordan Addison. Yeah, this is Addison Jordan. This is the guy on the other side. <laughs> this is the other guy, right? He's at Pitt with Jordan. He Listen, my numbers weren't that much different than Jordan, but Jordan won the Blitnikoff, right? I jump in the portal because I saw what happened to Jordan. Hey, Jordan, man. Hey, listen, man. Hey, listen, when the conversation you go from, hey, man, you can get this money to, hey, man, you got to holler at them. It is a perception-driven thing. NIL is a perception-driven thing. Kevin, you always said this. It is half you. No, no, no. <laughs> it might be 40% you. It's definitely 50% where you're going, 
and you got to develop that other 10% to make that thing even. I can go from 60 to 50 if I take that other, you know, because I think what happens is it's 30, me, it's 60% them, it's 10% the school. That they said, we're giving you this 10% window. Jordan Addison, he got that 10%, boy. I'm he sure, yeah. But But guess what? He's the exception. Because the NIL, Kevin, once again, people heard NIL. It don't matter if you go to Delaware State in Ohio. You think <laughs> that you're going to get, you know, an NIL deal. And this is the thing about an NIL deal. NIL deals is you say you want some money. It could be $100. It could be $200. Sure. I want two hundred k. And and somebody goes, $200,000? <laughs> like, to do yeah. what? Like, and I think. Oh, when, I get so, so I will say, NIL Yes, we got a long way to go. But Greg Sankey, y'all better than that. Because the thing is, you're finna get the highest form of legislators to legislate something that, listen, when they was watching college football, everything was in black and white. <laughs> I, don't now, know, I don't know about all that. But, but, I, but, I, yeah, but, a lot of, yes. but I will say, though, at the end of the day, I am in favor of legislation. I just think that it should be done through this. Yeah, we are way over. I, I did want to talk about the uh, way too early uh, – Mock draft, because apparently if you play quarterback, it's going to be real nice <laughs> next year. Side of scene. we got more to come. Three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Well, the mock drafts are already out, man. I know Todd McShay did his on uh, ESPN+. Plus. And it's a, again, uh, ESPN+, Plus uh, is way too early. But I just wanted to point out, and again, I'm not going to run down the whole list. I mean, obviously folks can go check that out. But nonsense. But inside the top ten, you have Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. who, again, I I think is a very talented quarterback, he but is. is he top ten in the draft? Also, Will Levis. Again, Will Levis Will, Levis. Will Levis is a good quarterback, uh, Ben, but at Kentucky, does anybody think, even if Kentucky has a great year, we're going to be saying Will Levis is going to be a top ten pick? We love the quarter. I know, I know it's a great quarterback class, but Anthony Richardson, to me, I know it could be a projection by Todd McShay, but Anthony Richardson has got a long way to go Come on, before I look at him as a top 10 pick. Say it. I mean, you know what goes into it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm like, again, just the BJ Bennett say it out loud theory. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. And who is I the mean, animal? One of these guys is doing his own thing. One, 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 of, the, one, one, one of these guys <laughs> is not like the other. So you got, listen, Bryce yes. Young. Bryce Young, who's projected to be number two. C.J. Stroud is projected to be number number uh, number one. Anthony Richards is projected to be number six. I think Will Levis is projected to be number seven. Spencer Rattler ain't even on in the top ten. I think this is what this is what this is what Tom Shea is really doing. What was not the headline of this year? The quarterbacks. Sure. It was a bunch of oh, Kenny Pickett man, he's been there a long time. Oh, Malik Willis he went to Liberty. Oh, Sam Howell throw a bunch of picks. Oh, Matt Corral was in the system, and so on and so forth. Right. So it was a star studded. That will not happen to to. And you know what? You know what? You know what the draft has to become then. Who's going to be number one pick? It's a, skept, it's, it's a spectacle, right? Quarterbacks make it easy though, uh, Kevin. But once again, Jamie Newman was going to be one of the top quarterbacks taken at at one point. And what happened? What happened with that? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I I just know this. This is the crazy part. Got a long right? ways to go. This is crazy yeah. Part. We, we were talking about NILs, right? You know what drives NILs? Perception. You know what drives perception? What you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, sports sports announcers, time machines, uh, the Kevin Thomases, the Ben Troops. The, the, we we do it. We do it. Thank you for including me in no, that no, group. No, no, I mean, we you do know, it. really. Because this is the thing, right? This is the thing. This is the thing, right? If you were talking to a one Anthony Richardson, somebody go, "Hey man, boy, I just see you on TV doing what time machine got you going top ten. He goes, "Man, what number? Number six? What? I should and, be number five? And, no, and, 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 and the th- and the thing is, right, Kevin. Once again, right? We create. Listen, listen. Somebody say this. Look, look, look. 
If you develop any monster, don't be scared what comes out the cage now. Don't be afraid what comes out. We are doing it, right? Because football is half what you do and half height. Sure it is. It. Half height. So with Anthony Richardson, highlight. Could right? he be a top ten pick? Sure, I mean, I but not, I, not, not, not from what not, I've not, seen yeah, on the not, field we're yet. We're not saying he couldn't be, but but it goes back to. You know what really got there like that? I said this, right? I said Trevon Walker, the number one overall pick, you know, we just a couple of days removed from that, wasn't, listen, wasn't on any conference team, wasn't All-American, didn't lead the league in sacks or tackle for loss, was not the best player on his team, was not even rated the number one in his position, and he went number one overall. I said, you know what y'all doing, right? What? Now you really getting number two. Because think about it, Kevin. Listen, Jordan sure. Anderson is going to be a top ten pick. He won the blend the call. Now he ain't gonna have on he ain't gonna have on that 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 pit yellow and blue. Might be like that Trojan gold and purple or garnet, <laughs> whatever it is, right? Yes. But he's already won the Blitnikov, so we've seen him, right? What about now is these these receivers are saying, look, man, I mean, you know, Drake London was hurt most of the year, right? He was the top receiver taken, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, you know this, this this is this is this is this is uh this is uh Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah. You were fast. <laughs> Right? You just gotta love it. Wait, I, way I, I, too I, I, I am. Make no mistake about it. Me and Kevin, we are not mad at the player. No, no, no. Players ain't did nothing. But that's a heck of a projection based on what they think he's gonna do with Billy Napier. I'm just. That's all I'm saying. Anthony and Richardson, right now, all you, you know, he, he's think about it, Kevin. The, the quarterback's supposed to be. You got the. He's supposed to be the head coach, quarterback. That's supposed to be the face, big, big, big guys on campus. And I get it. Right now, Anthony Richardson, you know, he, he's he's a man, girlfriend. Call him Gi Swin down in uh in uh in Gainesville, <laughs> but. Tabashay knows that what he says matters. Mel Kiper knows that what yeah, he says Will matters. Will Levis in there too. Like, I mean, listen, listen, listen. Think about, think about Kentucky. We gonna have a what? No, I'm saying, but he's good. He's good. He Top is. ten. I mean, well, no, well, I mean, come well, on. Well, well, okay, this is what's gonna happen, right? Right now, we don't believe because they, we ain't heard their names enough. Well, between between does that, Jay, make, it, no, no, does that between, make me a believer? Uh, between listen, listen. Between February and April, we heard Aiden Hutchinson a gazillion times to the point where we was thinking. He ain't going number one. We ain't seen Aiden Hutchinson play none all season until he got the college football playoff, right? Or maybe against Ohio State. All I'm saying is household names, you got to hear their names a lot just to justify the pick. And then when they stick it up, you be like, well, he wasn't that good in 2023. We just, all I'm saying is, Ty Mashay, you are part of the problem. Yeah. I'm a part of the problem. We accept that wholeheartedly. We got more to come. It's three and out on this Thursday afternoon. No Braves baseball tonight. Ben, as the Braves are off after a Long road trip, four games in three days versus the Mets. They get the Brewers coming up uh, tomorrow night in the ATL. So uh, hopefully the Braves can get something going. Do you feel like yesterday was maybe a jumping off point uh, for that offense? They uh, were kind of struggling a little bit, and then boom, hit the Mets for a uh, for a nine spot. Was that a flash in a pan, or you think maybe they found a little something? I don't. I do not think it's a flash in the pan, Kevin, because of what happened. Uh... What happened uh, two days uh, prior in the doubleheader was able to was able to bounce back. The thing about this Braves team is, when they show what they can do, when they listen, when them bats is going the way they are, it gets ugly. And I don't know what it is about baseball is you scoring six or seven runs in the inning. I'll take it. I mean, I, I'll take it. But I think it shows how dangerous the Braves are, Kevin. When they listen, when they mashing, who I don't care who the opposing pitcher yeah. is, but hopefully they can hopefully they can get that momentum and, and you know get with it once again. No more doubleheaders, but if it is, and if it comes down to one, we only get one hit. If it ain't Ronald Cooley Jr. snit, it's going to be some furniture moving. That's not Yes, just uh, go ahead and do what you know you're supposed to do, which is put 13 in there and get the job done. Yeah, so Braves off tonight. I, I too, I think yesterday was more of an indication of what they can be, where they can string a bunch of hits together and really explode on teams. 
And that's what they did with the Mets. And, again, I know people are like, oh, the six games out, don't want to get too far back. Again, the Mets, for as rough as the Braves have played at times, the Mets have played equally as well. And as we've said, these things tend to even out. The Braves will go on a hot streak. The Mets will play a 2-8 and stretch of baseball at some point where they just have a hard time winning. And people will be saying the same things about the Mets that people are saying about the Braves. Oh, they just can't get it. And that's when you got to make your ground up and, uh, and get back in it. So still a long ways to go. No Braves baseball tonight. They'll be back tomorrow night after uh, three and out, getting ready for a three-game set with the Milwaukee Brewers. Appreciate you joining us. If you missed any portion of the show, ESPNCoastal.com. Go to our YouTube channel at ESPN Coastal on YouTube, and you can get the podcast version of the show every day. We'll see you tomorrow. Three and out. Southern Pixie Radio.